Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The Democrats have tried to expand abortion in the United States, pretending as though it was the codification of Roe v. Wade. It wasn't. What they actually proposed was a serious expansion. And it was blocked because Joe Manchin was like, nah, this is an expansion that would do away with like 500 different laws. It's not codifying what already exists. And he's right. I mean, you take a look at what they're proposing and it would allow third trimester abortion under the pretext of health. But there's a really interesting question about that. If it says after viability, so you're basically saying the baby is healthy and capable of surviving on its own viable, but you can kill it if the mother is sick. So this was a very uh, rigid expansion, a very serious expansion. And it's not going to make it through. Now, you've also got some Republicans offering up some kind of pro-choice bill, I guess you can call it pro-abortion bill. But the argument is that Susan Collins says they need their own version because this version they tried to pass didn't provide exemptions for Catholic or Christian hospitals to not perform the abortions. So everything's just a mess. Double standards from the left. And Joe Manchin quite literally was just like, you can't expand it. If you want to codify it, you do. So it's not happening. And so this, of course, is resulting in more outrage, more anger, more protest. Protesters, of course, descended on Nancy Pelosi's home after she praised it. So I can only say, I guess you reap what you sow. Granted, Nancy Pelosi is not a member of the court, so it's not illegal to protest there, probably just unethical. And then we got the inflation. It's really bad. It was 8.3. And many of these news outlets were like, that shows signs of cooling off. Except that's an opinion, which shouldn't be in a news piece. And with diesel prices at record highs and diesel shortages on the way now being reported, expect next month's reporting on inflation to be terrifying. But I'm sure most of you are already feeling it because you can't get baby formula. And um, hold on. If you're a conservative woman, you can't get baby formula. But but if you're a liberal woman, you can't get cat food. Oh. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm being for real. Cat food and baby formula. So I'm like, it's hitting both sides. I, I, I'm, I, everybody has cats. I have a cat. I'm just cats great. I'm just being a jerk. Anyway, I don't, I don't have a cat. We're going to talk about all this. I, don't, I ain't no liberal woman. I don't have a cat, but I you have yours. Yeah. Bucko needs food. Joining us to discuss <laughs> Ultra MAGA and other things is Julio Rosas. How you doing? How's it going, man? Oh, who, are, who are you? Uh, just some guy. Just some, <laughs> just some guy that... How'd you get in here? <laughs> yeah, I, get oh, I know how to get into places. Oh it's kind of in my DNA. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, wow. Okay. Strong start, Julio. What Strong you start. You have a book. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's like the whole reason oh, okay. why here. Yeah, uh, I wrote a book, uh, Fiery But Mostly Peaceful, The 2020 Rights and Gaslighting of America. It uh, came out last week, uh, two years in the making, officially talking about all the riots that I covered in, in 2020 and even a little bit into 2021 uh, and detailing my experiences, uh, but also the experiences of people who were impacted by it, which surprisingly, you know, shockingly was quite a lot of bad people, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately. And so, you know, I, I really wanted to, you know, I didn't, I didn't, when, I, when everything started back in May, I didn't go into thinking, oh, I'm going to write a book about, about this, but as they continued and as uh you know they would get worse and then you see the media coverage and how slanted that was and someone who was there i was in a very unique position to be to say well no this is how it actually went and then the other half of it was all my work 
is on is on Twitter. It's on Town Hall where I work. Uh, but as we've seen with big tech and kind of the instability with social media as it is, uh, I wanted to have a physical medium out so that it's uh, it is oral history uh, for for this very tumultuous time. Fiery, but mostly peaceful. Mm. Yeah. Hi, right, man. Cool. Thanks for coming. Of we course. also got Seamus. I am here tonight. I run a YouTube channel called Freedom Tunes. We're going to be releasing another cartoon tomorrow. This one is going to be on Roe v. Wade. I think y'all are going to enjoy it. And I am excited to talk to you about this book because I think a lot of people have forgotten just how terrifying the summer of 2020 was. It was almost as if as soon as it happened, we forgot about it. Yeah, I, I'm excited to talk about it, too. I, I had the feelings like, why did he not send in the National Guard on day two? I don't know what your thoughts are. Maybe we'll get into it on the show. Yeah. Uh, Ian Crossland, great to be here. And I am also here. I'm not a liberal woman, but I do have a cat. He is a wonderful cat. He's like a dog. He'll come sit with you while you're sick. If you want to see pictures of him, I have a bunch on my Instagram, which is Sarah Patch Lyerman. Hold on. He'll sit with you when you're sick? Yeah. He knows when you're sick. After I get my MRIs, he'll come and chill with me. He's waiting for me to die, I know, so he can eat my eyeballs. But <laughs> exactly. I still love cats, him. Like, cats, don't, don't assume a positive motivation <laughs> when you're dealing you with a cat. And don't forget... Head over to TimCast.com and become a member to help support our journalists, to get access to exclusive segments from this show, Monday through Thursday at 11 p.m. We will have a members-only, uncensored, unfamily-friendly show up at 11 p.m., as I said. But there's a, there's a big reason why you should become a member. As a member, you are helping support alternative infrastructure in big tech because we recently moved over the entirety of the website our video hosting to Rumble's infrastructure. Now, Rumble's not perfect, of course, but it's competition for Silicon Valley. More companies need to do the same thing we are doing. We're not the only ones. Truth Social is also on Rumble's infrastructure. This is what we all need to do. Support companies that are using infrastructure from alternate tech sources. We've got major announcements because we are still working on new infrastructure so that we can tell these big tech, far left cult Silicon Valley people to screw off and they can't cancel us. With your support, We'll make news. We will uh, produce news, and we'll also make the news with the new infrastructure. So again, TimCast.com, and smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show if you really do like it, and let's read the big news from TimCast.com. Senate Republicans and Manchin block Women's Health Protection Act. Quote, make no mistake, it is not Roe v. Wade codification. It is an expansion. It wipes 500 state laws off the books, said Senator Joe Manchin. So let's just do this. That's simple. The Democrats were acting like this was going to be federal codification of Roe v. Wade. That's not true. And I will just go straight to it with section four of the bill, which is 3755, which states there can be no limitations or requirements on a prohibition on abortion after fetal viability when in the good faith medical judgment of the treating healthcare provider, continuation of the pregnancy would pose a risk to the pregnant patient, patient's life or health. I just want to pause real quick and assess that provision right there and just say, it says after viability, meaning the baby can survive. You're saying you can terminate the baby even if it could survive because the mother's health may be at risk. I understand if their argument is end the pregnancy, if it said end the pregnancy, but preserve the life of the baby. But it didn't say that. Quite literally, they're like, we can kill a baby if the woman would be medically harmed by the pregnancy. Are why they, not Why not just take the baby out and let it live? Maybe they're it, assuming that if the removal of the baby would kill the woman, then... But either way, they're going to have to take the body out, whether it's alive or not. Exactly. Also, um, this idea of an exemption for health, this is a term which is used very vaguely. So they're actually able to say something along the lines of, well, we have determined that this woman might be negatively affected with respect to something like depression if she has a child, therefore... 
the abortion is a medical necessity. I, I think it's just they need to meet their blood quotas for to sacrifice the Moloch. Yeah, yeah. I'm starting to that's agree. all it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, blood quotas to Moloch. But I think you do that. Babies. I think it has to be in person, so I don't know if it would count. Oh, so yeah, I, I think okay. I'm wrong. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah bloodlust is no joke. <laughs> that's from no, eating all the real. animal meat. I don't think so. There are a lot of people who eat animal meat that don't crazy kill babies real fast. Yeah, yeah I, 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 humans. I'm, I'm just that was. A, I just made a joke. I liked it. Opened up a can of worms right there. Wow. <laughs> Can you tell if this meant like if the woman would die if the baby was taken out of the body at eight months? Or is this like if the woman would survive if the body After was After viability. It's the weirdest thing. What is viability? It means the baby can survive on its own. Without like a breathing apparatus or like an incubator I, or something? There are humans that are considered viable humans that need a breathing apparatus. Mm. Viability just means the baby can survive without the mother at this point. Maybe that does mean they got to put it in an ICU and a respirator or something. I just... I really don't get the argument that it's like, this baby could survive, but we should kill it. I don't, I, I genuinely don't get it. I don't understand. I mean, it's the purpose though when you think about it, because most people, they're not, they're not going out and having an abortion because they feel as if something is living off their body that they don't want to live off their body. It's because they don't want to be a parent. So viability or non-viability isn't really a relevant argument to them. I mean, it, but it also just speaks to why they haven't actually gone forward. I mean, this could have, they could have codified it for the past 50 years, but they're not going to because it puts Democrats in this weird position on where exactly they draw this line. And clearly they, they drew the line Joe, just like so far out of field that we get someone like Joe Manchin. Well, Manchin is yeah. like, he is the savior of the Democratic Party. Mm. They, the reason they don't codify Roe v. Wade is that they need it as a wedge issue. So all of a sudden, Joe Manchin comes along and he's like, oh, I can't do it. And all the Democrats are like, we're trying, but Joe Manchin won't let us. Vote they, for they us and we'll they, keep trying. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And the Republicans do the same thing. They did it with Obamacare. They could have repealed yep. it, but they were like, no, 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 don't do it. Don't do it. It riles people up. So do you think it's convenient for them that Joe Manchin is standing in the way? Or do you believe that he is actually actively trying to impede it for that reason? Uh, I, I, I think it's a perfect storm. Look, Joe Manchin's a West Virginia Democrat, mm -hmm. which means he's got to be moderate to right-leaning on these exactly. issues. Exactly. If Picture this. You're driving on the open road, taking in the beautiful views this country offers. Then out of nowhere, you hear a noise and your car breaks down. While still frustrating, you feel protected because you have a plan through CarShield. CarShield has helped millions of drivers from having to pay back-breaking car repair costs. All you have to do is call before a breakdown. Plans can pay for expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. All for CarShield's low monthly rate that never goes up as long as you cover your car. With a plan through CarShield, you get protection on over 5,000 major parts and systems with just a visit to carshield.com slash carlson. I'm talking big money items like your transmission, engine, electronics, and so much more. CarShield is here to keep you moving forward and make car breakdowns and the repairs that follow just a tiny bump in the road. Go to carshield.com slash carlson. Protect yourself from the unprecedented rise in costs for parts and repairs. Visit now to save 20%. carshield.com slash carlson. That's carshield.com slash carlson. But I, I, I got to be honest. I don't see Joe Manchin getting reelected. Hmm. That just sounds insane to me at this point. This is, West Virginia went like 86% for Trump. This dude, I just don't see it. So he might just be like, eh, I'll play my role, you know. Make give the Democrats a chance to keep complaining about these things and never do anything about it. I uh, pulled up an article from Washington Post that says fetal viability is generally considered to be around 23 or 24 weeks, which is like, what is that, five to six months? And uh, there's no universal consensus. Some hospitals will resuscitate the baby, actively treat babies born in 22nd week. 
So it's somewhere around there. I don't know where they got this data, but this is Washington Post. So I can understand if there's a baby that's considered viable at a certain age and the mom's like dying for some reason. And they're like, we're going to we're going to abort the pregnancy. And then the baby dies. I'm like, okay, well, you know, these things happen. They were trying to save life. I just don't understand the idea that they don't explain that. They don't break it down. There's no, there should be limitations there. It should be that it should include in that provision and an attempt to save the life of the baby should be There's made. There's a big difference between six-month viability and eight-month viability. That You're like a human being ready to just bounce outside the skin at nine months. So, like, I, I, I don't know. The, the word viability is very weird because if the power goes out, then what does that word even mean anymore? So if a baby is born at eight months, but they need to be hooked up to a respirator or a breathing machine and the power goes out, could you make the same argument? You'd have to say like, well, we don't have, we don't have a, a breathing machine. Can this thing survive on its own with modern technology, which it, in this theoretical yeah, situation whoa, whoa, whoa. would be no electricity? What, what is it called? Uh, what's the, what's the pump they call it? You put it on your face and pump it? It's like a, it's a respirator. Mask the, respirator? The, yeah, mask, mm-hmm. respirator the pump, mask. the pump face mask. Yeah. That's the pump face mask. That's, that's, that's exactly it. That's, that's the medical term actually. Yeah. True. But they could put that on the baby and boop, 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 You have to sit pump there, face yeah. mask it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so if you if oxygen goes out, then you need to figure something else out. And one of the options would be this mask that they use when they're performing resuscitation. When they're performing CPR, they use this. It's a handheld mask to perf- to deliver breaths to someone. So you can help someone breathe if the power goes out. You I just d- need to do it. Are Republicans going to try and do the inverse and ban abortion federally? That's a good question. So. I'm not sure. They're, yeah, I mean, I hope so, but I think the Republican Party is really pretty weak. But I mean, the, I mean, the whole point of Roe versus Wade is that it gives it back to the state. So mm-hmm. I mean, it, ending it, Roe v. Wade, or, or, mm-hmm. yeah, or returning it. Um, so I mean, ultimately, that would I mean, because I mean, that's the whole reason why we're kind of in this mess in the first place in terms of the this freakish outrage and them going to Supreme Court Justice House because they there's this misconception that. Roe v. Wade ends, and then all of a sudden, there's no more abortions just anywhere, mm-hmm. and and so I think at least on the state on the state level, obviously a place like not like California is not going to do that because it's just so heavily dem. But you would think that the states would that are Republican controlled. So then maybe then Republicans on the federal level wouldn't feel that pressure necessarily. I think this attempt right here. I mean, Democrats just lost any any any. I guess the idea is we tried to do it, but because of Manchin, you better go vote, mm-hmm. which I just don't see being reality. They're making it about the filibuster. Yeah. Because it, that's it, well, they, they could get the best filibuster anyway. Well, so well, it's exactly. all pointless. It's pointless. Well, then, that, that's what, because they, they always just fall back to the filibuster because they have no other thing to, to, to fall back on when, when their things fail. So it's was there a filibuster involved in this process? That, nope. They just oh. didn't get the votes. Yeah. Okay. But even if they did, the filibuster wouldn't allow it. They would need 60 votes. It's not going to happen. So I, there was this really funny thread from Politico where this Democrat was talking about the economy and giving a speech to other Democratic Party members and politicians. And it was like the other Democrats were shocked and they were like, but nothing, this, this is not coming up in the polls. Like, who cares about inflation in the economy? And they were like trying to explain to them it's the economy stupid. Mm-hmm. But you actually have Democrats who are sitting there right now being like, if there's one thing every American truly cares about this election, it's abortion. Mm. Meanwhile, there's a guy like, I have no guess. And they're like, but abortion. Mm-hmm. Another person goes, I'm hungry. Yes, yes, but abortion. And then someone says, there's no baby formula. You could have aborted. It's like, it's like <laughs> that's, that's fair. That's yeah, their yeah. argument. And, yeah. and, and not only abortion, right? So I've said before, I mean, it's all murder. But if you're going to look at the perspective of your average American person, there are even many people who would consider themselves to be in favor of it or, or not in favor of banning it who would say nine months, that's pretty insane. 
but that's the hill that they're choosing to die on right now. We're, well, we're more we're more less restrictive than than Europe. I mean, mm-hmm. b- yeah. b- I mean, we had that whole you know funny clip of Bill Maher this week saying, "I didn't know this. Did you know this?" And his panels, were, no, we didn't know this. about Europe yep. about how how more restrictive they are. Over Bill there. Bill Maher has made his his the it's so sad. You know, the end of his career is basically like. Are you guys hearing about this thing that happened <laughs> oh, years man. ago? I just found out about this thing called the Google. It's like, <laughs> Bill, Bill, we had the conversation about Europe two months ago. This dude doesn't have Google. He is He's never heard of he it. He has rules. New rule. Yeah. New, <laughs> new, rule. new rule, everyone. You need to Google search something before you talk about it on your show. Okay. Let's give Bill credit. He is just the human version of Microsoft Explorer. There, it's fine. It's not a big deal. I wanted to, you mentioned, Seamus, that abortion is murder. It, technically, it's not. It's just a type of killing right now. But just just for specifics, <laughs> well, I just, you could wow. if you want to be pedantic, <laughs> you'll like it's murder, but it's, it's legally it's not, not murder. Legal. I, will, I mean, everyone like when, that was killed in the Holocaust was murdered, so, even though so, it was legal. It's like um, uh, you could argue that too. But if, yeah, I yeah, mean, murder is a specific legal definition. It's like when Stewie on Family Guy said, "It's not that I want to kill Lois; it's that I don't want her to be alive anymore. <laughs> well, I'm just I want the... her not to be alive." No, being so, yeah. so murder is, if I understand, an unlawful killing, and I'm saying the law of our nation might not protect those lives, but that's no law at all. Yeah, I see. You understand? You think it is murder, but legally, it it's not. If According to our country, state. our country's laws are not recognizing yeah, that, it. That's but like, our laws are wrong. That's the whole problem point. in the first yeah, place. Yeah. This is why it doesn't recognize it right. as mm-hmm. such. I think it's really stupid to define murder as unlawful. But I understand why they would, because the death penalty they would like they argue is legal. But I still think you could call all of these things murder. Well, like the intentional killing of another person. War is where it's like those. They're not murderers in war. They're they're killers, but they're not murderers. I think they're all murderers. Oh man, no way, no. If you're protecting yourself and someone's attacking you and you well, kill them, you're not necessarily that's 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 Yeah, true, yeah, that's not true. necessarily that's that's that. Yeah. But I think, I think the point is, Ian, so if, if you like, the we're in the USSR putting people up against the wall, technically mm. that was legal, oh, you're but, right. but, but I wouldn't say, oh, they're not a murderer because that was legal. That person's still a murderer. This is a good Ooh. point. I would say maybe it's the, the, um, aggressive, intentional killing of another person. Even then, war, like you go into a, 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 a like a machine gun nest and wipe everybody out with a grenade intentionally. Based. Yeah, that's that's not murder. You're killing for a living, you know. That is an interesting point. I wonder. I wonder where we could find the like. Where's the actual line, and what would what would be a murder? Sure. I mean, but I I would still definitely say an innocent unborn child. You kill I, them. You fall into I, the category. Right. You of made an excellent murder. point that a, a government could make it legal mm-hmm. and then do it and it say, hey, it's not murder because exactly. we made it legal. But like, just because it's legal doesn't mean it's yeah. right or good. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that's if you look point. at that's like communist China, I dare say that the mountains of skulls there and in like Pol Pot's Cambodia would say a different story because those were technically just victims of the government. It wasn't really a murder, right? I mean, yeah, our, our unborn well, baby's victim of the government was even victim. Yes. Yeah, right. It wasn't even victim. Well, they wouldn't say they're victims. It was necessary cleansing of of, of yeah. undesirable. Everybody yeah. wants to justify why they get to kill somebody. Mm. Exactly. That's suspicious. I understand war, though. In times of war, consider everything out the window. You want to talk about your rights? Good luck when you're in a war. You can talk all day and night about the rights you do have. And, and I think a person has inalienable rights. But someone with force can try to infringe upon those rights, and you'll have to fight for them. That's yeah. why. That's why I thought it was funny when when I was in the Marine Corps and going through the training because we, we we were taught the Geneva Conventions and the rights that we had uh, under that. And and we're, I'm just thinking, who would actually recognize <laughs> recognize who's that? Recognize it? Yeah, no one's going to recognize that. I mean, if if we're truly going up against an enemy that that hates us, 
I was talking about Vietnam the other day, and I t- brought the My Lai Massacre. I don't know if you guys are aware. It was like one yeah. of the greatest Heard of it, yeah. massacres perpetrated by American troops ever in the history of the United States. It was like, I think, 500 Vietnamese villagers, women, children were burned alive and killed by like a hundred troops, like a bunch it, of guys. It, was, it wasn't like 20. It was, yeah, it it was, was a bunch of them. I think the helicopter a, gunships were mowing people down. And I think it, it was a company. Only one guy got in trouble. William Laws Cali Jr. He was a lieutenant. And uh, they charged him with, like, life in prison, multiple life in prison. Three days later, Nixon uh, commuted his sentence and sentenced him to uh, house arrest. And then he wow. never really got – no one got in trouble for it because it's like when you're at war, the Geneva Convention is out – I mean, for the most part, out the window. You do what you got to do to survive. These guys had snapped psychologically and took it out on the villagers. But, like, you put them in the jungle and you make them go crazy. How can you really blame them for it? I don't know. That's a tough question. Let me pull up this story we got from the Daily Mail. <clears throat> Austrian clinic that ships abortion pills to the U.S. claims it has received thousands of calls from women, especially in southern states, wanting to stock up on the drug after SCOTUS's Roe v. Wade ruling was leaked. You know what's crazy about this? In the bill the Democrats tried to pass, it says there can be no restrictions on abortion via telemedicine. Hmm. I was like, how do you do abortion over the phone? Hmm. They prescribe you pills to terminate the pregnancy. I wonder what's going to happen, seriously, with the illegal distribution of abortion pills. I mean, people are going to do it. Oh, yeah. Women are yeah. going to. They're, they're doing it now already. Is the government going to send out you know, state troopers or federal police to go and arrest these women for ordering stuff? Are abortion pills going to be treated like, like crack cocaine or something? Yeah, that's a good question. I'm not sure what the exact surrounding legislation is going to be. I know according to some figures I've seen, uh, there was as much as a 60% decline in the rate of abortions in Texas. So we know that restrictions will prevent them from occurring in some number of instances, and they are pretty effective. But of course, there are going to be some people who find a way around the law. Yeah, and the, of those, what do we say, 60% reduction? That's what I saw. Those a, are the numbers I saw. A lot of those just might be unreported abortions happening now mm. that aren't being reported. Oh, so yeah, let's, let's, they go to a neighboring state. Numerically, it can be tricky. Let's, uh, let's, let's have the uh, um, feminist-triggering conversation. Should men be allowed to abort their, father, their paternal uh, re- responsibilities in a world in which there's unfettered abortion? So let me, let me phrase. Obviously, I think the more conservative people would say, no, fathers should not abandon their kids. Mm-hmm. Under the pretext that women do, let's say the law is passed, abortion up to nine months is legal. Would you also need to codify that men could be like, I hereby abort my responsibility? I mean, so- L- Lydia, as a woman. Yeah. <laughs> not entirely sure about that i was just thinking about that that is an interesting question i do think that if a mother has the right so-called from the emanations and pin numbers of the constitution <laughs> right. to ah, yes. execute their poor unborn child that a father should definitely have some say in whether he has to support a baby i don't know the idea is if it's like my body my choice and it's like okay if you then choose to have a baby and you could choose not to which means killing the baby then it is much less morally ambiguous for a father to say, I choose not to have a baby because he's not killing it at that point. Mm-hmm. Well, right? I think what's absolutely true about this is when something like abortion is legalized and normalized, you do see a breakdown of the family. So if a woman does not have the obligation to care for her own unborn child, what obligation does a man have to care for his child? And 
I think that there's a sort of consistency there, but then I would also say that it's a consistency towards the direction of evil, and two wrongs don't make a right. Ultimately, if fathers were able to abandon their children after they impregnated a woman without there being any potential ramification or any way for her to sue for child support, we would probably see even more abortions. But how, how many progressive or liberal women do you think would advocate for men having the right to say, I have nothing to do with this baby? Hmm. Hmm. It's a good question. Not many. Yeah. Well, well, they, they, they would want the child support. They would say, you owe me money. Well, and that's why it's so funny when liberals are, you know, this past week have been saying, well, well, then if you're going to force them to have have kids, then the, then the father has to be just as involved. And all the conservatives are saying, yes, absolutely. <laughs> no, I know. Again, it just shows just how kind of we're, we're – obviously, it's not just limited to abortion. It happens with every single topic. But the, people just talk past each other, and they don't really know what the other side well, I, actually wants. I I, I – it is the rule. It is, it is a tendency of the right to not know the left's argument, but the rule is they typically, I should say they typically do. And it is the rule on the left. They don't know the right's argument. Mm-hmm. That's why the left, there's this meme going around where it's like, it's for us, a four panel comic where someone says, my religion says I can't do this. And the person says, good for you. Then the person says, my religion says you can't do this. And they say, F off. And I'm like, you realize that means no gay marriage in churches and no abortions at religious hospitals. Because if, if you're saying okay to someone who says my religion says I can't do this, no cakes for you, yep. no no ba- no no gay message cakes, no trans cakes, no abortions at religious hospitals, and no marriages at, at churches that say no, they clearly don't agree with that. They don't even know their own arguments. No, they literally don't. In I whatever, like cake. Well, also the the thing that I love about this is all of these hot takes about how men should have to take care of their children if they get a woman pregnant. They'll they'll tweet something like, well, if abortion isn't legal, then a man who gets a woman pregnant has a responsibility to stay with her and care for the child. Like, it sounds like something me disguised yes. as a liberal would say. <laughs> like, hey, guys, you know what I think? I I think these men should have an obligation to take Wait, care of the child that they make. And they're just, like, yeah. That's just I, marriage I with extra yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. I I think if, if the man gets her pregnant, then he should swear an oath Whoa. till Whoa. death do them part. And you know what? I think he should financially provide for her, and she should have the opportunity to stay home and raise that child. I think she should be at home raising that child. If, if, cons- if, if conservatives want to ban that. abortion, then yeah. we have to have traditional marriage. <laughs> like, oh, no, anything but that. Your <laughs> terms are acceptable. Yeah, exactly. They're arguing on your behalf for the next step of your argument. I know. Yeah. That's why it's like, guys, these the, the, the pro-choice side – which is, tip, I mean, like the literal traditional liberal types who are sitting there confused, like shrugging. Uh, they're, they're left out of this. And the overt pro-abortion side, which is like late term, terminate the baby, whatever. They don't even know what they're arguing against. They're so far left, they can't see where the right is. So they've looped back and said, traditional marriage must be enforced if you take away our rights. These last few years have not been easy on our economy. And with tax season finally arriving, there will be millions of hardworking people and businesses that could struggle even more due to the IRS working against them and pocketing profits for themselves. America First Tax Group can help put an end to your worries. Just one phone call to 800-431-5684 and you'll be in touch with America First Tax Group, a full-service tax company that'll fight the IRS's predatory tactics and put you on the path to financial freedom. Their experts can help you or your business with any tax-related problems you may have, from dealing with your back taxes to granting you access to tax relief and much more. Don't wait. Get in touch with America First Tax Group today by calling 800-431-5684. That's 800-431-5684. Or visit AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. 
Again, 800-431-5684 or americafirsttaxgroup.com slash tucker. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So there's this idea called horseshoe theory. I've coined a term. That I call this merry-go-round theory. I is mean, it, eventually it they just go so far to the left that they get to the right, but then they keep going back around to the left. It's not yeah. like they stay at a reasonable yeah. position. Someone in the chat actually said, Seamus, three rights make a left. <laughs> <laughs> so we need, we need to get to three. That's exactly. Okay, that's the magic number. It's it's kind of remarkable how the left has gone so far left, they've become racial identitarians, mm-hmm. oh, where yeah. they're actually just like now advocating for segregation, and they've begun advocating for traditional marriage as a point against conservatives who want It's like, it's like we'll show you. They're going around again, merry-go-round theory. When I thought, I think The center like, stays there, just like yeah, watching it happen. Like I guess the on. biggest yeah. part, well, the biggest part of the question is, do you want the babies to be able to be killed or not? Maybe for certain people. But I think it's, do you want the government involved in these decisions? And yes. If the, I've always thought child support made sense. Like if a dad, if a guy goes out and gets five women pregnant and then he just goes off to Santa Barbara and to live on the beach and smoke pot, like he has, you know, he did some, he's created, like he has to follow through with what he's done. If women have the right to terminate the pregnancy and the man says, I'm out, then they have a choice to say, okay, me too. So this is, this is, this is the point. Yeah. Explain I, I, that I, a little bit. I'm not, I don't quite understand. If women have the absolute right to end a pregnancy because it's their body, then there is no legal argument for the man having any responsibility at all. The, the woman gets pregnant. And she says, this is your fault. You got me pregnant. He says, oh, you could always choose to, choose to get rid of it. Have a nice day and leave. Oh, we'd have a lot of, of unmarried pregnancies. If and and I, I got to be honest. I think the left would actually be okay with that. I think in the long run, yeah, they would adopt that position. Because they, ultimately, they'll support anything that denigrates the family or familial responsibility. But yeah. there, there was a meme that said the reason they won't accept that position is because it takes power away from the woman. If the woman gets pregnant, she gets to choose whether or not the man is is going to provide her or not. Right. So with marriage, you have two people who have to make an agreement with the current laws. The woman can choose to terminate the baby or keep it. And the man has no choice whatsoever. So pro-choice people are not pro-choice. They're pro half. They're pro-abortion. They're pro-abortion. Because if if they were pro-choice, it would involve the man's right to choose whether or not he wants to be a part of her family. Well, I I just see it as because when I was covering the the pro-abortion protests outside uh, Alito's home earlier this week, I I was calling them that. They were were, pro-abortion protesters are at this house. And people were – some people were just saying, oh, you're being so disingenuous by calling them pro-abortion. They're pro-choice. And so the choice to do what? Yeah. It's like when the people are like, the Civil War wasn't about slavery. slavery. As a, states' rights. States' rights to what? Yeah. Exactly. No, exactly. And so, yeah. I mean, I just view it as that's that's what they're advocating. I mean, that's the whole – they're not – Well, let's well, – let's, uh, can, here, can I make one point real quick? No. This whole – okay, all right. Well, then – No, no, no. no, 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 no. Um, this whole point you just made here where they would claim it was disingenuous for you to call them pro-abortion instead of pro-choice, that logic can be extended to literally any political position. I'm not pro-gun. I'm just pro – Freedom. A person choosing to have a gun. You have to call gun rights advocates pro-choice now. You can't call us pro-gun. You have to call us pro-choice. Point. I'm pro-choice on guns. Yeah, exactly. People should have a right to choose. Yeah. And I have no problem saying I'm pro-gun. Yeah. I'm pro-gun. Yeah. So exactly. I, Why won't they say pro-abortion? Because they know it's evil. We, we had in uh, the Timcast newsroom some articles that were like saying pro-life, pro-abortion, anti-abortion, pro-choice, anti-choice, whatever. 
Um, I don't know if we ever said anti-choice, but I was just like, I saw, I, I saw a few articles and I thought to myself, we shouldn't use pro-life or pro-choice. Those are political terms. We should, we should, we should just refer to the groups and what they advocate for in that time. Mm-hmm. So when the left goes out and like, we are pro-choice and I'm like, no, you're pro-abortion. Because I could name a million circumstances where you don't have, you don't care about a person's mm-hmm. right to choose anything. Right. Vaccine mandates is very obvious. Mm-hmm. And they say, yeah, well, pro-lifers aren't pro-life because they're for the death penalty. And I'm like, yeah, we're going to call them anti-abortion. There if you're you at a protest and you're like, abortion should not be allowed, you are an anti-abortion protester. Saying pro-life is a political term, and I'm not going to make an argument about what life means or what choice means. If you go out and you say, we want abortion, you're pro-abortion. If you say no abortion, you're anti-abortion. We're done. That's it. Yeah, well, it's funny because they will usually try to use terms like anti-abortion as a smear, as if it's something to be ashamed of that I'm against abortion. Oh, no. They'll also, they'll also <laughs> use terms like pro-birth, like you're not pro-life, you're just pro-birth. I'm like, yes, you <laughs> maniac. What <laughs> yeah, is wrong with course. being pro-birth? Like, because they don't know what your argument is. Yeah. And so they say, like, I just, when I see all these memes on Facebook, I'm like, ah, it's so frustrating because they've never talked to a conservative about this. Mm-hmm. And then, so I can see this and I can, I'll say something like, They'll say something ridiculous like it's about power and old white men. And then I'll say something like actually the, major- the majority of uh, pro-life people tend to be women, female. That's right. And it's actually really simple because there's slightly more women in this country. You can call it whatever you want. And then they'll say, you're a right winger. And I'm like, I'm just trying to like tell you what they're saying because you're not talking to them. Yeah. But they don't. they don't. When it comes to pro-choice, I think the reason that we're going to use, because some people will say, I don't want an abortion. I'm not going to get one. But I don't think the government has a right to stop other people from deciding that stuff. Does that but mean you can have, I, well, can I make on, a point here? What right. if you have a five-year-old and you and you lose your job and you can't afford it anymore? Are you pro-choice? Well, it depends on how you feel. Well, should the you government mean, be involved in whether or not you strangle your kid to death because you're broke and can't afford oh, the kid? Good question. What if you have a nine-month-old baby? Like it's been out of the womb for gestation for nine months, nine months in fresh air, and then one day you're like, I have no money. Goodbye. Should you have a right to choose? Oh, I think that when you say pro-life, it's implicit that it's involved only when you're talking about the abortion conversation. Is, or that's that's what that why means. I said we won't use either in the context of these protests. TimCast.com won't say a pro-life protester or a pro-choice. We'll say anti-abortion or pro-abortion. Someone who shows up and says, I'm pro-life. It's like, it's a political term. But, and there are many areas of life you are not saying all life is sacred. I would say like, if I'm, I'm pro-choice and I'm, but I don't think the government should get involved, but I'd be happier if no one ever got an abortion. I'm not pro-abortion. I think abortion's horrific. You're not pro-choice. Well, There's, I don't want the government to be like, you can't decide Ian, what to do with your but, body. Well, so can I ask you, uh, so if you body. were someone who is in favor of the Second Amendment and strong gun rights, but you didn't personally own the gun, would we not still call you pro-gun? We wouldn't just say, well, he's pro-choice. He's pro-allowing to choose, you know, allow someone to choose whether they're going to own a gun. Like, we don't do this. Yeah, like, yeah, we don't do this with any other political conversation. You're pro choice, yeah. Well, it's, it's a second tier conversation. It's a second tier label already. I'll, the abortion you, you know topic why? is already there. You want to know why they call themselves pro choice? Because it sounds better than pro abortion. Absolutely, well, yeah. Because yeah. abortion is like the actual procedure, is and also and, a lot of people perfect. don't want to get abortions that feel like the government shouldn't be involved in the pro life sounds better than anti abortion. Granted, pro choice, in my opinion, sounds worse. No, like pro abortion sounds worse than than anti abortion sounds. Yeah. But these are political terms meant to garner support. I, I look at it this way. What does it mean to be pro-life in a general sense? I do not believe it encompasses all life. I certainly think there's an argument from conservatives about some people through due process forfeiting their right to life, the death penalty. I can understand that. But I don't think that is part of the conversation. 
So I don't like the term pro-life. It's a broad generalization. Yeah, pro-life's an abuse. Mm. Anti-abortion abuse. is fine. You oppose abortion. Seamus, are you anti-abortion? Yeah, I am. And okay. I'm f- like, I'm fine with anti-abortion as a label, but I still think pro-life is consistent because my desire to be anti-abortion, and it comes from an understanding that all human life is precious and sacred. So I'm, I'm just very pro-human and, life. And, and so my issue is the, the conversation around the death penalty is not a part of the pro- yeah. or anti-abortion argument. So if there are protesters outside saying abortion should be banned, I'm not going to be like, interesting, the signs they're holding up send a strong message about the death penalty, hmm. because it doesn't. You don't know their position on the death penalty based on them saying they're, they're opposing abortion. Hmm. That's why I'm like, we, if, if there was a protest for or against the death penalty, we'd say pro and anti-death penalty. Well, th- yeah, exactly. So the pro-life only is in the reference of abortion is what that means, and pro-choice is only in the reference of abortion. Nobody says... <clears throat> No one, no leftist goes to an anti-death penalty protest holding up pro-life signs. Right. If you were to go I think, but, talk right, about the death penalty. To be fair, if, if that language not are, was not already being used in the abortion debate, they probably would. Well, in, yeah, in, maybe. In, in, yeah. in the context that I've seen is that because I've been covering the southern border crisis a lot, especially since the last time I was on here, um, no, no one who, who you know, advocates for what the Biden administration is doing, which is essentially opening up the southern border to illegal immigration. They're not going to say they're pro-open borders. They're going to say they're pro-immigrant. They're, they're you know they're they're pro-asylum seekers. Even though you know, when you break that down into well, who's who's crossing and how are they crossing? What are they doing after they illegally cross an international border? It it, it gets into the, these word games. I will say though, I am pro-breakfast burrito. Oh, yeah, yeah me good. too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think we can all agree on that. How many? <laughs> yes. How many? Uh, uh, what percentage of of pro uh, pro life individuals, conservatives, do you think would take issue with being told they were anti abortion and having that label on them? That's a good question. I don't think anyone who's against abortion would be upset being called anti abortion. And I can I tell could you, be wrong. I, I don't tell know. You outright, I can't speak for everyone. I can tell you outright that when I say pro abortion, they lose their minds. Mm-hmm. They say no, we're not. Well, that we're that, 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 that's exactly what I've been experiencing the, the, these these past few weeks on you know random random Twitter. This users. is what David Pakman tweeted. It says, "Where are the pro-abortion people?" <laughs> I you know? saw that. Oh and God. then you know Hassan made a joke, and he was like, "Me, I'm trying to do this." And then I screen grabbed it, and then he accused me of not understanding it was a joke. And I was like, "I thought it was funny actually," like because other people took it seriously. Yeah. It wasn't me who took it. Seriously. I just screen grabbed it, and then he accused me of taking it seriously. But David's yeah. own followers took it seriously. But the point is. When they say, who's, who are these pro-abortion people? They all go, not, well, we're not pro-abortion. We're, we're just saying it should be allowed. And it's like, I, I'm not, I'm not for drugs. I'm just saying everyone should be allowed to have. Well, but part of what was, <laughs> part of what was particularly hilarious about that thread that w- with, uh, Pacman was it wasn't just, um, you know, Hassan responding to it. There were many, many people in the replies getting a lot of likes saying things like, well, of course I'm pro-abortion, just like I'm pro any other medical procedure. What's wrong with abortion? Right. Just completely destroying his or argument. The, or the people saying, there are too many people in the world mm-hmm. dying. Why are you having kids anyway? All right, settle down, Bill Gates. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he got COVID, so. <laughs> Let's talk about Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> Nancy, you reap what you sow. Pro-abortion activists protest, out, protest outside of ah. Speaker Nancy Pelosi's San Francisco mansion. Uh-huh. Oh. Now, it wasn't the biggest crowd ever. It was like seven people, I guess. <laughs> so it's small, right? But but understand that's a, a very serious security issue. It is. It, it really, really is. Especially like, you know, I think it's wrong to do. I don't think people should be going to the homes of anybody. It's like we got to have areas that are sacred. But you know what, Nancy? She praised the protesters who were going that's out right. to the homes of the Supreme Court justices. Chuck Schumer, same thing. The president encouraged it. I love the, the Hill ran this piece that says Joe Biden encourages illegal protests in front of you know, justices' homes or whatever. And I'm just like, yo, the rule of law has broken down, but 
at the very least, you see something like this. You reap what you sow. Nancy Pelosi probably doesn't care, though, because you, you taxpayer, are paying her security bills. So she can advocate for it all day and night. People will then show up and she'll be like, see, I don't care. And then the money we spend funds the security to keep her safe when people show up at her house. I don't understand why these people are uh, at her house right now. Did she say something that pissed them off? Oh, oh I think they're, they're, she's supporting Henry Cuellar in uh, the district that represents Laredo, Texas, on the right on the border. He is he's one of like the last like pro-life Dems and I'm sorry, anti-abortion, pro-life Dem, whatever. <laughs> Um, and so uh, there, there's been on the progressive side of things, there's been a lot of people who've been upset at Pelosi saying, why are you supporting Henry Cuellar when you're trying to, you know, talk about the, preventing Roe v. Wade from being overturned? So I, 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 I didn't see this until until just now, but I'm going to assume that's part of the reason why, why I, is she I, supporting? I, I think it might actually just be that there is no logical argument. There is just power. If it's good for the revolution, it's good. If it's bad for the revolution, it's bad. And Nancy Pelosi is in a seat of power and they would prefer one of their you know, political well, tribesmen or whatever to be in that seat of power. Well, I, I mean, I was just covering a, a, a pro-abortion protest in Los Angeles, and this was very far, far left people, not just mainstream Democrats. And, and they were pissed at Democrats. Uh, they, they, they don't view them as, as technically on their side, you know, the far left. This was the party for socialism and liberation. That was like the group that organized it. So, I mean, we, we see the, you know, the fringes, right? The fringes don't view the main, the mainstream political parties as, as being different. They view them as one and the same. And, uh, I'm gonna plug the book here really quick. I talk about that in, <laughs> in the book when it comes to Antifa and some of the Chaz, uh, occupiers dur- during that time. But to, to bring it back, I, I think that's why, again, I don't know who, who was there and who organized that, but that could be just another thing too, where they just view the, the Pelosi being part of the political establishment and the political establishment's all one and the same. I think there is going to be, a reckoning of all reckonings in this country. We have this story from uh, Post Millennial that goes along with this. Glenn Youngkin slammed for lackluster response to protest outside SCOTUS Justice's home. Yeah, Glenn Youngkin said, we're going to do a security perimeter. And everyone's like, yo, 18 USC, blah, 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 whatever, says you can't demonstrate to try and influence a court or a judge or whatever. And they're doing it and they get away with it. And the media comes out and acts like, Egad, the far right has called for the arrest of people who've broken the law. <laughs> and they, 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 they got Will Chamberlain, Jack Posobiec, me, and a few other people in this Daily Beast fake news article where I'm just oh, like. Was it Patrizo? Did he write that? Maybe. I don't know. No. There was a dude from Occupy who, who tweeted at me and he was like, 10 years ago, you would have defended this peaceful oh, protest. And I was like, 10 years ago, I filmed people deflating police tires and said, if you do something in public, you get seen doing it. Like, you take responsibility for your actions. And that nonviolent civil disobedience results in you getting arrested. I've always maintained that position. It's like, it's so weird. The far left has gone so far left. They're like, Tim, you would have agreed with our more extreme position. What happened? And I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. My position hasn't changed. You changed. You used to think we agreed because we did. And then you left and said, why don't you agree with me anymore? I think these people should be arrested. I think the police should walk up, take their hands very slowly, put them in cuffs, bring them into the, in the police van or whatever, take them to the station. They get charged with their little misdemeanor, you know, protest charge. The judge says, don't let me catch you there again. They get a court supervision ruling, which means basically nothing. It means don't go back. And they made their point. They got press, but they got arrested. And then if they go back and get arrested again, they get a harder sentence. Yeah, but it's usually like a weekend. Well, okay. And so the, the idea is there has to be limitations. We have to say for these reasons we have made something illegal. But just because something is law doesn't mean it's right. We talked about that with murder. Many countries with despots were like, the law allows us to do it. And it's wrong. There are many laws that I think are wrong. 
So what do you do? Nonviolent civil disobedience. You should get a slap on the wrist. I mean, obviously, depending on the severity. But I mean, like, if someone's going to picket, protest, parade, or otherwise, they shouldn't do it at someone's house. I think that's unethical. I think that's immoral. But if they do, it is also at a judge's house illegal. And we have to have the police say, this is codified law. I don't think these people's lives should be over. I don't think they should get a year in jail. That's the maximum. I think the judge should be like, court supervision. Let me not see you here again. Tim, enforcing the law is insurrection. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. It's bad for our democracy. I found a good way to change uh, the unjust law. It's great. The United States is awesome because of 50 states, 50 different legal systems, kind of. So you, if it's legal in one state and illegal in the, the neighboring state, you do it in the legal state and you communicate with people where it's illegal in the illegal state and you change their minds while you're doing it where it's legal. And then you have the opportunity to kind of change the law that way without actually having to go disobey directly. This is why I think overturning Roe v. Wade is actually very important. It allows for this decentralized testing pool of law. The 50 states, it's quite brilliant. Each state has jurisdiction over their state to set laws. To a certain degree, I respect Supreme Court precedent on protecting constitutional rights. I think that I, I say to a certain degree because I think they get things wrong sometimes. I think the NFA should never have been allowed. The Supreme Court should have struck all that down. But even Alito was like, there are limitations. No, I'm sorry, not Alito, uh, uh, Scalia. So the idea is Texas has laws. New York has different laws. Eventually, we can actually look at the data and be like, which place is better? Granted, there's different terrain, there's different resources, but allowing this, allowing people to decide for themselves in their own areas, I think actually would help preserve the union, would help make people live together better. Because, you know, if you're like, I don't want to live in Texas, these laws, I'm going to move somewhere else. Well, New York's awaiting. They're welcome. They're going to to welcome you with open arms. Chicago says abortion oasis. If you don't like what Texas or Oklahoma or whatever is doing, you can go right to Illinois. And then you get carjacked. Perhaps. As you're you're driving in. Hold on. Everywhere outside of Chicago is red. So you can go to a, you know, red area and you're probably going to be fine. Less population deaths. I do think there are, um, there, there are uh, important distinctions in what should be federally protected across the board. Like, um, non-discrimination on the basis of race, sex, national origin, et cetera, the 1964 Civil Rights Act. I think that makes sense. But here's my favorite point in all of this. At these protests, there is no equality under the law. I see this as a clear violation of the 14th Amendment and that these people are not being arrested. Equality under the law means that if you break the law, you are held equal, same as everybody else, right? These people are arguing that the 14th Amendment, equality under the law, guarantees a woman's right to abortion due to her right to privacy and medical choices. At the same time, they're actively defending that they don't get criminally charged under existing statute, which is not equality under the law. So don't come to me and say the 14th Amendment guarantees shut up until you say arrest me because I did break the law. I don't believe you're serious and you're only trying to seize power and you are a liar. You're liars. Well, I mean, look, they're used to being above the law. I know you know a lot about this, given the book that you have written. I'm curious if uh, you see any of this as being a fallout from 2020. Or? No, no, I mean, absolutely. And and not not to get too headed, but I mean, the reason why there's so much concern about more riots or, or some level of unrest if, if Roe v. Wade is actually overturned is because when you look at how how much people were able to get away with on such a large scale in 2020 in terms of looting, in terms of attacking police officers, in terms of just general lawlessness, I mean, they were able to get away with a lot. And even the ones that were arrested, I mean, uh, Portland's like the prime example, but it happened in other places like New York City and, and Chicago and it, it, so on and so forth. And so that's why 
you know, why wouldn't they run the same playbook? Because not only are they going to get favorable media coverage like they already have, and not only are they going to get the blessing of Democrats like, <laughs> like right now, mm-hmm. uh, they're, they're going to be, there's a very good chance of not facing any consequences if they do anything very, very severe. So, I mean, we, part of the reason for the book is to, to explain how we got here as, as a country, and, and we're, we are, we are, <laughs> we've lost the plot on just so many things, and we are in such a worse position to be able to confront not even just like issues of racism or, 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 or abortion, but it's just because people saw violence worked to, to a degree, it's okay. Well, why not just con- continue that when we don't get what we want? Yeah. So what was the most shocking part about the 2020 riots to you as someone who's done extensive research on this? Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So it was the main, my main takeaway was just how fragile society is. And it's, it's pretty fragile. I mean, and when we look at, I mean, 2020 was also just such a unique year, right? Because we had the emergency of COVID. We didn't know too much about it and the, the, all this panic around it. And then we also had a very heated 20 election, presidential election. And then there was a spark with George Floyd. So when, when you get these conditions just right, and, and that's why since the Derek Chauvin trial, there hasn't been really anything crazy happening because there have been instances where I thought, oh, a police action, that's controversial. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should go to that city, and then nothing happens. But because there there needs to be more build up, uh, kind of you know, we, we the country has gone through these cycles of of, of build up and then rage with you know the the summer riots in sixty eight sixty seven. Uh, then we look at Ferguson, and then and then now and then now with Minneapolis in twenty 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 one. So even if you know there's no mass violence post overturning Roe v. Wade, I I would say that it's kind of more like a Jenga block that's put into the build-up to that to where then maybe 2024 and that presidential election and what will the country look like then? Are we going to be in severe economic, you know, depression and downturn? And then, you know, when you you put people in these these extreme positions uh, through no fault of their own, especially, they're going to do crazy things. And, and, you know, know, doing these lockdowns, I think definitely – contributed to 2020 because what what was happening around just the timing of everything it was it was late may especially in a place like minneapolis it was warming up people were tired of staying home people lost their jobs because of the lockdowns and so they it was just it was just a perfect uh tinderbox essentially that all it needed was something like a george floyd to happen so then leading to that i mean with minneapolis being there on the ground shortly after after that it was it was crazy just how the kind of the basic tenets of what we know to be a civilized society just wasn't there in terms of, uh, you know, for example, I, I was so used to protests not effle- not affecting a couple blocks around where the event was happening, but I quickly realized that there was no stores open. 
the the stores that were nearby they were all being looted and so i ran out of water because i was out there all day and so i had to grab water from from the target that was looted because they were they were putting they were putting um all the stuff that hadn't been looted into this giant uh pile that so that people could just grab whatever they wanted so i just took what i needed and, and then moved on but it was just it was weird there's no public transportation there was no uber there was no lyft clearly there's no cops i mean it was just it was such a weird time and so that really was what was worrying going into 2021 thinking uh, well is this kind of like the new normal now in terms of just how the immediate reaction to something that is viewed as unjustified is then just massive violence and lawlessness what frustrates me with, with most stuff is like i just want to know what the rules are and if the rules were applied evenly then i'd be like play ball you know what i mean like let's have those arguments but instead it's like they they you ever play monopoly with someone who just gets angrier and angrier yeah Actually, a better example is, have you ever played Pokemon the card game? I know many people in our audience probably did when they were kids. And you probably had somebody where it's like, yo, my, my uh, you know, Gyarados does 50 damage to your dude and I win. And they start getting angry because they're losing. So they just flip the table. Yo, I once, watched, I once saw a kid pick up his Razor scooter and smack the other kid during, right. a, during a, a competition or contest or whatever. In the tournament. Show? So we were, at a, we were at a game shop, and there it was a Pokemon tournament or whatever. This was back when I was like 14, and some kid picked up his scooter and just whacked the other kid with it. That's what this feels like to me. We are having a political contest. And have you ever seen an argument where someone's very calm, and they're like, I think X, Y, and Z, and the other person's getting angrier and angrier? That's what it is, and there's no moderator. Normally, the moderator should step in and be like, yo, 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 tone it down, tone it down. You're yelling. You know, let's keep it civil. In this political debate that has reached the streets, one side is getting angrier and angrier and they're smashing windows and starting fires and beating people because they're losing the argument. The moderator is the National Guard. That's why I was asked you at the beginning well, of the show. I'll ask you again. Do you think that they should have sent in the National Guard day two of these Minnesota riots? You know, absolutely. And, and, and part of the problem, because when, when you look at Los Angeles 92, right, right, after, right after Rodney King and, and the trial that resulted, it did, did take a long time for the National Guard and even active duty forces in the Marine Corps was also deployed during that time. Uh, it took a while for them to get there. And then that, that's part of the reason why the riots were so destructive as they were. And it, it just seems like we're in this constant cycle where uh, riot response is updated. And then because it's sometimes decades until the next one, those, those, those policies and the people in charge, they leave and they change. And so things are outdated. And, and probably another good example of that was Kenosha because part of the part everyone was asking why did it take so long for the national guard to to get there and the sheriff i remember he said during a press conference they they didn't uh they didn't follow the proper procedure to officially request the national guard he said that we got our wires crossed how many and the same thing happened in minneapolis they they didn't the the mayor jacob fry he fray whatever he they thought they put in the official request to do it, you know, the, the proper way to do it, and they, and they didn't just because it t- no one does this. How many people got arrested for rioting in Kenosha? Oh, I, I don't know that number. Well, not enough, clearly. What, what were there? I, I mean, people, people got arrested? A, a, few, a few did, I mean, after the fact. Uh, but in terms of, I mean... During, d- d- during during the, the riots, I didn't see. Like, besides I, I, Kyle, yeah. well, that's the yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, the one the one arrest I do know about was Kyle Rittenhouse, mm. the one the guy who was and trying kinda, to protect the neighborhood, yeah. who ran away, who, who rendered aid to the to the to the, even the protesters and rioters themselves, who fled for his life, defended himself, and then tried turning himself in, turned himself in, and went through the ringer on all this. 
And I'm like, what about the dude who bashed the old man in the head with the rock? Remember that? Yeah. I, I, I interviewed that man for the book. Was he arrested? Uh, no, 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 the old man. I interviewed the old right. man. Was, but the, was, the, was the guy no. who bashed him? We don't know. We, we don't have, know. No, we have no I think it's fascinating. You see, Ian, you said the National Guard's the moderator. No, they're not the moderator. The National Guard is the bad parent where one, one child is sitting there playing with his video game and the other kid comes over and punches him and takes it. And the parents run over and go, whoa, whoa, stop fighting, stop fighting. Or the bad teacher who sees a kid gets, get tripped in the hall and it says, zero tolerance, you're both getting detention. It's like, dude, one side is committing violent acts and destruction. And the other side is like, please stop this. And the National Guard comes in or the police come in and say, everybody calm down. Everybody. It's like the people who came down there with Kyle Rittenhouse were like, we're going to protect these buildings and render aid to the rioters themselves. Hope everyone's safe. And then what happens? Kyle is the one after getting attacked who ends up going to jail for two months and having his life destroyed. Fortunately, at this point, it was not. He's recovered from it because justice was served. But it's just it is vomitous. To hear these stories over and over, and that's why I tell you when when they announced we were in Austin when they announced the the Rittenhouse verdict, people were crying. Good people, were, women were crying. I don't think I saw any dudes crying, but I did see women crying. I made a cartoon about that about people crying over Rittenhouse. Oh, that's right, you're the that cartoon was, guy. Yeah, I think you guys will, will will appreciate that one. But with the whole <laughs> but like situation, tears of joy and relief. Oh, okay. Well, no, well, there were there were there were there were women. Well, it was a surprise to be honest. That were like yeah. crying tears of joy and relief that this kid was not going to be sent away for life for protecting his 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 home and his mm-hmm. and it, where where he lived. Like, and the left tried every lie, gone across state lines. His he mo- didn't really his, live there. His mom dropped him off. That that didn't happen. All these lies. All the lies. All of the lies. It was all nonsense. And, it, and, it, and, and, and this is the guy. And I watched a video where an old man was bashed over the head with a rock. Why wasn't that dude who bashed the old man run through the ringer? Why wasn't he the one standing trial? There is no moderator. It wasn't There's even a story. Well, well, and, right? well, and that, that, it that, was to us. That was the issue w- with with the res- the official response in Kenosha was because I mean the, the the governor Tony Evers he only called up 150 National Guardsmen. That was the initial response, and that was not nearly enough to actually secure. A town, granted, Kenosha is not that big compared to like Minneapolis. But when, but when the the city leaders, the state leaders, they they did abdicate their responsibility because again, they didn't want to. In my opinion, they didn't want to seem like they were cracking down on racial justice protesters. And then that leads a power vacuum to where then people like Kyle Rittenhouse, uh, you know, with good intentions, they're like, hey, we, we're not going to let people just destroy this town anymore, and we're gonna we're gonna prevent you, and we're gonna stop you, so you just continue moving on doing what you do. And then, yeah, something like. Kyle Rittenhouse situation is created and and yeah it was I mean I, I was there for the second half and I was there covering the trial and it was it was just it was just it was just so weird seeing how when you, being at the trial and seeing the facts laid out because you know I didn't know every single aspect of it I, I didn't you know saw like I said I only saw the second half of it but the the only good thing about the trial is that it did lay everything out you know, unfortunately, he did suffer a lot to get to that point. But there's nobody who's going in there with an open mind can then come away and say, okay, yeah, he definitely is a white supremacist terrorist murderer that just wanted to mass shoot everybody. I mean, if that was the case, he would have shot me. The Daily Beast is now rated as fake news by NewsGuard because they have refused to correct all of the fake news they wrote about Kyle Rittenhouse. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the principal reason why they've been knocked down. I love it because whenever these Daily Beast writers who just do hit pieces on conservatives or libertarians, I just screen grab the news guard thing and I'm like, let me send that to them. You know, <laughs> like here you go, your fake news. You are fake news. And it's you not it's not news. even just it's not even you just them. But uh, I mean, with 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 the whole Kenosha. I mean, I, I, not to harp on Kenosha too much, but 
the the one of the egregious examples of of the mainstream media just misportraying what what was actually happening. I mean, CNN multiple times stated that Jacob Blake, as a fact, was an uh, was unarmed. I mean, they didn't they didn't say appeared to, didn't say it looked like it. I mean, it was hard to tell with the initial video. Didn't he rape some woman? Uh, it, that well, so the the two kids that were in the back seat of the car, and I mean, this is what led to the whole thing was that the woman that he took the kids from that was who he sexually assaulted, and so that's why she she had a protective order against him, and that's why the police were called. And so when the police were on their way, they were they said, "Oh yeah, and by the way, he he the, he has this is his history," and so he's that, re-victimizing this woman and trying to take her kids, and then the, and and that he's armed with a knife, and the taser apparently didn't work, and so I mean it. The video alone, like when I first saw the video, I thought, okay, yeah, this looks bad, but th- this 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 doesn't just happen. A cop is not going to just plug away <laughs> at this guy in the back. But the whole reason why he did is because he was armed with a knife and he was about to go into this car with two kids in the back and take them away. And so then the officer had to think, well, then if they're going to chase after them, it puts the two kids' lives at risk. Who's who's this guy? Do you guys know who this is? Saints? I don't know football. Quarterback? No, who is he? I don't know. People in the people in the chat don't know. Saints player. He's a guy he's more like the Aints. He's holding a football <laughs> and he's got Jacob Blake on his helmet. Oof. Yeah. Uh, what, what he was convicted of assault, sexually assaulting that woman, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. And so she had a protective order again, or a, I protect, a protective order. I don't know if he was convicted, but she, there was a protective order because she made that. Yeah, because she yeah she had that that had that case against him, and so, so and and and, 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 and it's not, uh, not even just not even just. Not even just that guy. I, I remember. I think the WNBA also did something for Bree- Drew Brees. Is that what they're saying? Drew Brees. Yeah, Saints yeah. quarterback. Imagine, okay. imagine okay. being like a celebrity and putting like Dahmer on your hat or helmet. Oh. Ka- Kamala Harris visited him in the hospital. Yeah. And he said, "Oh, they're a good family. They're and a that, good that, family." Sorry, that's what she said to him too, Tim. What the laugh? From Wikipedia says uh, Blake had a warrant for his arrest from July based on charges third degree felony sexual assault trespassing and disorderly conduct but for he, domestic he, abuse. He wasn't convicted. He had a warrant for his arrest. Okay, innocent until proven guilty. But can, just like, all women. imagining a scenario where you're like, I could respect innocent until proven guilty, but the cops did not go there. Thinking we're gonna we're gonna attack this this unarmed guy. They were like, "This is a guy who's wanted for the arrest on felony sexual assault charges. We need to bring him in." And yes, you do need to bring that person in. You can be innocent until proven guilty, and the state has a right to stop you and those charges to be levied against you. He resisted. He grabbed a knife. At the very least, a guy holding a knife who was wanted for sexual assault, and they're like, "I'm gonna put his name on my helmet." Well, and, and and that was to go back to my initial point with with the media initially saying, as a fact, not even being speculative, saying he was unarmed. I mean, do you do you not think that didn't incite people to come from Madison to come from Chicago? There was guys that came from Minneapolis to 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 take advantage of what was going on. I mean, and that's why it's so frustrating having been there. I mean, that's I mean that was what the title of my book, right? I mean, because CNN, it's like. Because I, I met, I've met Omar Jimenez, who, who was a reporter. That was MSNBC, right? No, 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 that, CNN? C, CNN. Yeah, I, I, I think Omar is a good reporter, and so on, he was stating on the ground that this was a riot that was happening. But it's like CNN has this automatic reflexive response to just be wrong on something, and so the Chiron writer was, uh, yeah, fiery, mostly peaceful. I mean, that doesn't even make sense. We we used to call this group the the tourists, where when I would cover uh, um, protests or unrest. These same people were at every protest, no matter what the cause was. Some of them actually bragged about going to Turkey and to China to advance the protests in those countries. And at that point, I'm just like, you work for the CIA or something? Because, like, 
the fact that you're in China organizing protesters and Turkey is I just I have to wonder, but no, I don't I don't genuinely think or accuse them of being intelligence or anything. I think they're revolutionaries and I think they just want to destroy. So you'd be in New York and someone would be like Trayvon Martin and sure enough there this group is my favorite moment was the Trayvon Martin protest when some of the tourists arrived, knew how to manipulate a protest march, got in front of it, and then tricked the march into going to Wall Street to protest at the bull. And the actual organizers were like throwing their arms in the air like, why are we here? Like, we're supposed to go to the police station. But instead, like, there's people jumping on the bull and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, the tourists took over. They, they These are they're like, they're extremist revolutionaries. This is what you need to understand. These people cannot engage in violence unless they have a shroud of regular people to protect them. They would love to go out with 10 people and smash windows. They would get caught. What they need is a shock moment that will garner 200 people to come out. They then tell everybody, show up in solidarity. We're all black. So they can, and then they can destroy things, smash things, burn things, etc. And it's impossible for the state to figure out who did it. Well, and, and one, one of my, one of the things that is also frustrating about having covered all these riots is that there are some people on the left who like to point to right-wing infiltrators. I mean, they in Minneapolis, there's Umbrella Man that they accuse of being an, of being an infiltrator. Uh, they say that this Boogaloo boy was the one that set the third precinct on fire. And so let's just say, for the sake of argument, to borrow from Ben Shapiro. Okay, for the sake of argument, King. There we go. Let's just say, yeah, it was all right-wing infiltrators that set the third precinct on fire. And as someone who was there, I can tell you that none of the actual Black Lives Matter pro- protesters slash rioters had any issue of who set who set the building on fire. I mean, they that, that was the whole reason why they were there, because they wanted to actually set it on fire with the officers still inside. They were all celebrating. They were all happy that this was on fire. So even if that, you know, this was the work of extreme right-wing trying to make the movement look bad, I can tell I can tell you being outside there that everyone was so happy and they wanted to continue to the other precinct which was the, the closest one was the fifth precinct and they, they thankfully weren't successful in destroying that but it's just it's but they can't it's like they can't accept the rhetoric that they that they said i mean all the time and you, you hear revolution you hear we got to do direct action but as soon as there is direct action in the, on, a, on a pretty big scale they want to back up and say whoa, whoa, whoa actually it wasn't us it was people trying to make us look bad it's like no you you're, you're practicing what you're preaching and also just the fact that other people were were charged with setting the uh third precinct up remember, remember that guy who stole the body armor and like the gun or something was it, like from the burning building he stole body armor yeah, and i remember that or something like that uh, like, yeah one guy i do remember one guy who went into the before it got set on fire came out with like a riot helmet and and, and he yeah. held it up in the air and everyone was cheering I think about you know, like some people are dumb. Sending in the National Guard, and like, like I think that Trump was afraid because he was the president. I think this is, was his Kenosha was afraid that uh, they, we'd have another May Fourth Kent State shooting on our hand, where the National Guard fired into a crowd of, of college students, killed four people. But firstly, it wasn't like a peaceful protest like at Kent State. That was relatively peaceful, from what I know. It was a violent riot. Uh, even at that stage, they were. I mean, they were rioting day one. I believe. I I think that. Probably a bunch of Republicans said, no, 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 no. Don't stop the rioting. The rioting is good. The rioting will get you to win elections. That's, that's, I mean, I don't know if that's treason. Look, treason involves another country. No, it's not that's treason. That's like sedition. What would you call that? I'm willing to bet there were, I don't know if, if they said this to Trump, but I'm willing to bet that there were Republican strategists who are like, the more riots they are, the better our chances mm-hmm. come the end of the year. Well, that's obviously not the case. We've seen the proof is the past. We see that that is not the case. If you let riots burn, everything dissolves into no, ash. No, 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 it, it. Black Lives Matter after George Floyd had its highest approval rating ever in aggregate at 51%. And then it dropped to 9% uh, 
uh, uh, well, I'm getting those numbers wrong. It was like 26 net approval and dropped to like 9% net approval there. Because he didn't he didn't stop the riots? He didn't get involved? Because the riots, as soon as they started rioting, public support collapsed. I yeah. think it went from like well, 51% to like 40% or something. Well, part of the problem is, is that it just, it just continued happening. I mean, when, when, when everything first started, I initially thought that, okay, I'll cover Minneapolis and I'll go home and that'll, that'll be it. But then things things kept happening. No matter how thin of an excuse that that they that they had they were they were they were going to write because that was and this is what i was saying before the automatic response and w- what really hit me was when i was covering a riot in wabatosa wisconsin which is probably about like an hour and a half northwest of of kenosha where it was a black officer who shot a black teenager who was armed with a gun had shot the gun previously he was pointing the gun at the, the responding officers and uh but this was all pre-george floyd and pre-covid and so that's why no one knew about this and so since the Milwaukee district attorney was making the decision whether or not to criminally charge uh, the officer in a post-George Floyd world. That's why there was riots in the first place. But the thing is, is just that being in that town, I mean, it really looked like my hometown of Wheaton. I mean, I, they were, they were, it was a Black Lives Matter caravan from Madison that made their way to Wauwatosa. And as soon as they hit the city limits, they started destroying everything in, in sight, including take, homes. Take a look at this uh, civics polling on Black Lives Matter from April 25th, 2017 to May 10th, 2022. We can see net support in uh, just after George Floyd was killed hit 23%. Then the rioting started. Jacob Blake got shot. And what happened? Polling dropped even more and went down to 8 9%, continued to fall. Derek Chauvin convicted. Support for Black Lives Matter went down again. Ahmed Arbery verdict. And they once again dropped down to negative 1% net support. So you know what happens? Every time now, we've had these three big moments. Jacob Blake gets shot, approval drops. Derek Chauvin's convicted, approval drops. I think they're losing the narrative war. I think we're seeing the, we're seeing the media companies falter. I think more people are starting to share shows like this or other people are calling it out. I mean, you look at someone like Jimmy Dore, and there really is an, an economically bipartisan anti-establishment emergence. Because Jimmy's, you know, a lefty guy, but he calls out the machine. He calls out the the establishment, the author- authoritarianism. I think regular people, if, it's, it's just fascinating. That after Chauvin was convicted, support tanked massively. Over the course of a couple months, it went from 6% net support down to 3 2%. Well, because if you remember, right right before the the verdict for Derek Chauvin, they had— and this was, riots. There was the, the riot in Brooklyn Center, and yeah. that, was, that was, that's the last riot that I covered. It was April of, of 2021, and so— Again, I mean, yeah, I mean, now that was a bad case where an officer is trying to use a taser and accidentally shoots a guy. Um, but again, what, what, what happened in that riot was people who had nothing to do with Kim Potter or Dante Wright had to suffer the negative consequences because people were, go- people were crazy and going looting again. I mean, that, j- the, it goes back to the two wrongs don't, don't make a right. And that's why I'm just against writing. I want to, I want to pull up this story from Como News. BLM co-founder admits she held parties at Mansion with donor funds. Don't forget, folks. When you give money to Black Lives Matter, you are supporting Marxism. parties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> parties <laughs> at a mansion, baby. Yeah, come on. It's studio so city. You, you, you take places. a look at this, this polling. And right now, as of today, Civic says 44% opposition, 42% support. You can see that Black Lives Matter has gone underwater in the past month or so. And it's only getting worse. Well, there you go. When more stories like this come out, when you find out nobody knows who's in charge, nobody knows where the money was going. They bought a big mansion, had a bunch of parties with your money. You know, 
to everybody who watches this show, to everybody who watches shows like Stephen Crowder's or people who are calling out the lies from Black Lives Matter, their money's safe. They didn't make donations. But these these regular people who don't pay attention, who are like, I'm going to make a donation and then did. And all they did was fund a bunch of parties and a bunch of nonsense and a bunch of violence. Like, I hope they're waking up to it now. Like the Minnesota Freedom Fund. I, I mean, again, right. uh, the, uh, she wasn't the, the candidate then, but she, I mean, a senator, Kamala Harris, shared this uh, bail fund because that was the that was the current thing to do, and you know a lot of celebrities also you know advocated for it and and, and donated to it. And and what happened? I mean, what, what's even worse in my opinion with that case is that it's not even necessarily that. I mean, the money was used to bail out actual rioters, but in the months since then, in the year since then, they've bailed out some pretty egregious people who should probably stay locked up, and yet they get released because they have all this influx of cash all of a sudden, thanks to people like Kamala Harris, and then uh, probably one of the one case was that uh, they they bailed out this guy. Um, I, I forgot what the original charge was for, but he then went out and killed somebody in a road rage incident shortly th- sh- shortly thereafter. And the Minnesota Freedom Fund they put out a statement saying uh, did say, say they confirmed that yes our money was used to bail him out, and then they deleted it because they were cause I, I think they were getting like too much backlash. So it, this is the problem with with supporting the current thing and the emotions running high is that you're right people don't think through what, what's actually happening because if you actually knew how like peaceful protesters work and when they're actually arrested by police a lot of times they just get written a ticket right they don't need they don't need to get bailed out but because someone wanted to do something and it all it looks good and we're gonna virtue signal and now people are dead i think it's uh these leftist organizations know what they're doing i remember during occupy wall street there was the national lawyers guild and they were helping people that i had witnessed be wrongfully arrested and the cops lied and so I was like, well, that's cool. They're like lawyers and they observe to make sure, you know, no BS from the cops. Okay. Then I saw them one day at a protest where there was a, like a bunch of right wing people wanted to have a, ga- uh, have a protest or they wanted to have a rally. So the left showed up to oppose that rally with violence. The National Lawyers Guild was on one side defending Antifa. And I saw them and I was like, how come you guys are only observing one side? And they were like, what? And I'm like, shouldn't you be observing protests in general? Why are you just with them? There was a group of black clad people wearing masks and sunglasses with crowbars and two by fours and bats. And they were like, we're here to protect these protesters. And I'm like, the guys over there with shields are protesting. I don't understand why you're not protecting them. It's because these organizations don't exist to protect the right to protest. They exist to serve the revolution. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I see those guys out there all the time and (laughs) they, they definitely are. And look, I'm not for, you know, police cracking down on, on people unjustly. Uh, it's just that in, in all the in all the riots that I personally covered, it was always rioters making the first move and police responding in kind. It's amazing watching the right try to protest and having no experience and no organizational power, and they think they can go up to these cops and 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 say things. I just I'm, I, it's it's funny watching these videos and you'll see these conservatives being like, "Yo, yo, why are you arresting him? Did he didn't do anything? I don't understand. Like, what's going on?" And it's like, "Wow, that's exactly what the leftists say. Like these these people thought they could show up." And that the cops were going to treat them like, oh, we, these guys we're, support we're, us, so we're, we're going to arrest them. Right, no. Then you see those videos where the people are throwing the Blue Lives Matter flag in the dirt and stomping on it in front of the cops. Because they finally realize, like, dude, those cops don't care about you, dude. You go out protest. That's why the left, who's, they've been organizing for decades, and they have infrastructure and money behind them. So when they get arrested, they all get bailed out, even if they're the most crooked and evil people you've ever, you, you ever heard of. And then... 
you know, MAGA Mima shows up waving a little flag and now is in, you know, solitary. Yeah, it's not hard. If you think about the allegory, like the French Revolution, I'm reading a little bit about it. Like if they were like, and there were, there were like sympathizers to the revolutionaries in the courts and that some of the French revolutionaries were arrested and then released, you'd be reading about it. And be like, that is not even weird to me at all. I can totally see that happening as the French Revolution. They infiltrated the courts. They're working together. So why is it so hard to believe that that's happening right now? I it's think not. It is happening. It seems to be happening right now. I completely or, agree with you. I think people are in denial about the fact that the left has basically captured all of our most authoritative institutions. Maybe not all, but some yeah. very, very mm-hmm. – uh, some at the crux. Enough of very, them to get away with rioting, basically. Enough of them to literally burn down buildings and not face legal penalty. Yo, they set fire to that church across from the White House, a historical yeah. church. And then the media and everyone's aligned against Trump over it. They have so This is how much institutional power the left has and has had. They were able to intimidate a sitting president of the United States into going into the bunker of the White House. And it was not criticized by the media. They were considered to be peaceful protesters. They praised it. Yeah. They, they laughed exactly. at him. And they <laughs> laughed at Trump, right? They mm-hmm. laughed at this. And then they, you know, they accused the right of being insurrectionists. And, and in that, and in that riot, there were sixty Secret Service officers who were badly injured. Injured uh, like all, uh, around uh, around sixty Park Police officers were also injured. And yet, that's not viewed as an insurrection. And that's why, with you know, the whole January sixth discussion. I mean, for me, I view it as a riot. I mean, and I was against that because riots are not good. But it's just, it's I, I, I don't care what anybody has to say about January sixth if they then look at what happened at the White House. And they were, you know, and because I mean that was also an attack against one of the branches of government. I mean, it's it's just so it's just I know we get into the whole double standard and hypocrisy, but it's important to point that out because when we're talking about the again the history of our country, that you have to you have to we have to remember where people stood when things were on other sides of the of the of the debate. Yeah, well, I remember all throughout the summer of 2020 when the left was rioting, I was seeing hot takes from lefties who were saying things along the lines of, "Oh, all the 2A conservatives who said they wanted to stand up to a tyrannical government are awfully silent right now, <laughs> arguing basically, if anyone remembers, that conservatives should be laying down their lives for a left-wing insurrection." Then all of a sudden the left decides to start pretending that they're against insurrection, labeling January 6th an insurrection, which is a bizarre thing considering basically no one had weapons. We also know there was a, a – we're pretty sure based on the evidence there was a lot of involvement from feds there. Um, and the narrative was not what the media reported it as or has been claiming it was. But regardless, now they are once again in favor of insurrections, saying things like Lori Lightfoot, for example, stating this is a call to arms. We have left wing political leaders saying we things gotta that fight. we got to fight. Um, what? We need revolution, yeah, etc. She called she called for arms and fighting. She said, she said this is a call, call, to to arms. Arms. call to arms. We need to fight. Fight to victory. That's calling for weaponry. Yes. Call to arms. And Alex Jones room. got banned for basically the same. Uh, and Chicago has plenty of them. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Ain't that the truth? The government was set up so that we don't have to go to another revolution if we do it right. Although Thomas Jefferson made it very plain that we may have to and that you don't never do it, but we shouldn't have to. We had a civil war, bro. Mm-hmm. Also, well, I want to mention this. I think what they were talking about was more a revolt than a revolution. So a revolution is when you try to like completely overturn the social order to build something new. Whereas a revolt is when you're trying to fight back against something being argue, like arguably imposed upon so you. So you think this is more of a revolt? I think this is more of a revolution. 
I, don't, I would I argue don't that what's what happening. I, I would argue that it's a leftist revolution, right? They want to create a new social order. Like they don't even think that we should recognize the differences between boys and girls. That's how bizarre and, and strange the new order that so they like seek a, to establish. A cultural be. revolution. Like yeah, a complete, like a complete, a complete cultural and political revolution. Yeah, they just want to overturn everything, everything. I mean, the, again, the far left protesters in Los Angeles, they were calling for the Supreme Court to be abolished. Mm-hmm. And which, right. which is also funny because, okay, if that happens, you do realize then abortion goes to the Senate. <laughs> That's the whole reason why we're in this in position in the first place. Nick, remember when they were calling to, to abolish the Senate? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're abolishing, they're abolishing left and right. I mean, yeah. I'm open to change and revolution. Uh, I don't know, a lot of, a lot of anarchists and libertarians probably like, yeah, abolish like, the Senate. For a while, <laughs> I thought we should get rid of the, uh, House of Representatives because they're getting bribed. I'm like, we need it, but, but it I don't just want to get rid of it. You gotta create something better if you're gonna change it. You gotta, you gotta replace it. <laughs> like the founding fathers didn't just fight and kill a bunch of people and then be like, what do we do now? Like they had a plan, they had a bunch of paperwork, they had, they've been it, debating it, for years and years together. And when it didn't work with the Articles of Confederation, they replaced it with something else. And what we have mm-hmm. today i mean mm-hmm. it, it's it's really i mean especially with the antifa people and and and, and those and those guys they they yes they are a threat and they, like especially if they're motivated in, in specific areas like the pacific northwest but they, they they also just hype themselves up too much they they, they spray paint a cab on the side of a wall and they jerk themselves off on, on social media by saying look how awesome this is this is a revolution like, you guys just spray painted a wall right? look, big whoop and then when it gets below 40 degrees they they stay home it strikes this, me more more that it's just this a is, revolt a headless revolt this is from october it's not even that long ago abolish the senate yo these people Who's are just like them? we've lost control of a body of power abolish it yeah, like, okay. that's and again, it's 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 the temper tantrum that that leftists have. If if we don't get what we want, we want it to go away, or we'll take it, or we'll influence it through violence. I wish they well, thought of it more as a boat we're all on that they don't like how fast it's going, so they want to burn the boat as we're all on it and like I'll I wish, sink it. Like no, 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 no. we got to fix the boat. Mm-hmm. I wish that Republicans felt that way too. Yeah, it'd be nice. So if you are on a boat and there are people who are destroying it with pickaxes, you stop them from doing it. Yeah, yeah. But I'm, on, I'm on a boat. This also, you know, this um, this hot take that we should abolish the Senate. This is so typical. Often, what happens is the the right will either make like a, sort of a straw man argument to poke fun at the left to explain the most extreme possible position, and then the left will literally meet them there and end up unironically believing that thing. So, I heard people saying after the 2016 election when the left was complaining about the electoral college well at that point why not abolish the senate as well because if you think that everything should be left up to a purely popular vote then the whole idea of representative government doesn't make sense and that's what they want no i know that's what they want and at first left-wingers were saying they were denying that that's ridiculous that's not what we want and then of course not that far down the line oh that is what they want majoritarian rule is not fun no it's yeah, literally mob rule. I don't yeah. mind institutionalized like mob rule. a more direct republic, but I, I do like the stop gaps that we have so that mob can't make a crazy decision tomorrow because a video went viral. Mm. I think it's funny. Um, Spock, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. And I'm like, that is horrifyingly despotic. That's like not a good line. Despotic. Despotic. I thought the same thing. <laughs> it's and like, millions of others. It's, it's this idea that. Well, you know, these people need it more than you, so we're going to take your water. It's very Vulcan. It's like very dude, logical. I need, I need water to live. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few justifies a person who has water that he saved up for the winter 
It, it justifies, but these 10 people have no water, so they get yours because the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. And it's like, well, those many didn't do any work all summer and now are suffering because of it. And I did the right thing, so I suffer because of it. Or, if you're, or if you're Taylor Lorenz, you drink three water, three gallons of water a day. Yeah. What was up with that? Call her back. She said I, she keeps her room at, is that, is that real? Yeah, yeah. 87 degrees in the desert? Yeah, That's not what? real. Maybe it's it LA. Los Angeles probably got her super hot in there, sweating all day. Maybe she's a lizard person. Yeah, that's kind of what I was saying. I think you can drink you know, up and just to like bask eight. in like the sun lamp and just like chill out. Yeah, desert. Uh, I always nice. watch lizards do that, and I'm like, that must be like the best cool. feeling. <laughs> yeah, if you're really still, it doesn't feel. It's only when you start moving that it gets really hot. But if you're really still, cats like laying in the sun too. You. you ever see it's funny? Like, so we have a window in my office. And Bocus will go in there and lay in the sun. And then as the sun moves, he like, you, you'll look and then he'll be lying there and sleeping and he'll get up and like inch forward and like go back to I sleep. I went to pet him with wet hands and he like recoiled and I thought, oh, a desert cat wants dry hands. <laughs> Sunlight. Anyway, we're, what happened? We're talking about, talking about the needs, needs of the many. Of the many. Needs what is no, that? Well, I, think, well, I just want to say this. Sauna? There's a good argument to be made about that. Like, so when someone says something like, well, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few, well, I would argue that the needs of the many include the need for strong social structures that don't allow you to just take things from people because they happen to be in the minority yeah, and you if, outnumber them. If you have a group of 11 people and one of them makes all the water, the other 10 are super lazy and they're beating their kids and they're terrible – the needs of the many, you gotta, you look at the big picture. What is the needs of the species? Do we really need those 10 violent, abusive people? It so be, what is the many at that point? Like, you might have to cut off the dead you know, weight. You know what I'd love to see is like a, a parody where Spock is like, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. And then Kirk is like, yes, but what if the few are protecting what they've built? And then Spock just goes, might makes right. <laughs> wow. And Spock just goes, Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> the beautiful thing about Spock was that he was half human, half Vulcan. So it was an opportunity to have the logical rhetoric. And then um, Captain Kirk would give him like the emotional human understanding, like basically the uh, the reasoning or the emotion. It was, uh, the a, needs of the many also can include your mom. So <laughs> Yeah, do that. Yeah, when you say well, the needs also, of the many, like, I want to mention that like this this authoritarian idea: the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. And like, who gets to determine what the needs of the many are? Oh, the few, a small handful of centralized people who you've decided to get to determine what the needs of the many are. Okay, you know it's gonna be funny when uh, Taylor Lorenz is like <laughs> the editor in chief at the New York Times. <laughs> oh goodness, we should have her on the show. Dude, all of our addresses are gonna uh, be in, oh, at yeah. that point. It's just the New York Y'all Times is gonna laughing. become a phone book. <laughs> right? Y'all are laughing, but it's gonna happen. You think is that what she wants to do? I don't know. But what's going to happen is these millennials will eventually take over these institutions. They work there. So 10 years ago, they were interns and they were writing their stupid garbage pieces about Gamergate or whatever. 10 years later, they're now the star reporters. In 10 years, they're going to be like, you know, I've been at the Times now for 25 years. And as the executive editor, the stories we're going to run, they're going to be running these institutions. Think about the, the, the uh, law clerk. There was that viral meme where the law clerk was like, it is a, it is more dangerous that the courts took away women's rights than the leak happened and defied the, the sanctity of the court. When they get into the, the, the judicial system and they are running these courts, they will have the same disdain for legal precedent. And they're going to be like, I have the power and I can do what I want. So shut your mouth. Well, I mean, and that, 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 cause that's true. Cause I remember in, you know, growing up in you know, 20, the, 2014, 2016, that whenever there was a freak out on a college campus, the the from a social justice warrior, what have you, th- there was always that natural response to say, "Well, wait till they get to the real world. They're gonna, it's gonna be a harsh reality and grow up." And that's not been the case. And no, they it, took over. They took over because pe- the the older adults have to leave and they you know grow old and they, they retire and then who takes their place? And and we're seeing that now with law schools. But Especially. I will say these people are very non-functioning. 
So when the boomers age out and are no longer at the New York Times, the New York Times will go to business. Yeah, I've been waiting because, for it to happen. I'm surprised it's still around. But you you think well, thankfully that, CNN Plus went out of business. Well, for sure. I mean, and that, look at the ratings. You know what the key demo ratings were for like Anderson Cooper on Friday? It was like ninety thousand. That's crazy. We get like five hundred thousand. So they're they're archaic. They're dying out. The boomers ran the show. They knew how the machine worked. The millennials are inheriting the system, but don't know how to make it work. So what's going to happen? Do you think these people are going to know how to run a business? Huh. They're going to vote for government subsidization of news. They're going to be like, the government should bail us out because the news is so important. Yeah. And then they're going to have allies in government who are going to be like, I agree. And it's going to be up to all of us to be like, no, you're not getting our money to fail, to bail out these broken systems. At some point, the media industry in the country got – it became no longer the fourth – what's it called? The fourth estate. Pillar, fourth the estate. Fourth estate, yeah. And, and it got like co-opted by – I don't know if it's the – It's the deep state. Yeah. The, the there's deep this thing state. called the um, – I keep seeing this. It's like the uh, – oh, what's it called? The uh, Council on Foreign Relations and yeah. all their – the web of how they – have people that are part of that that are also like the heads of media organizations. And there's like this awesome graphic. I actually tweeted it out a couple months ago. Um, Alex Jones had it on the wall, like a big poster when I went to his office. And it's, it just shows how all these people are connected through this council on foreign relations, Bilderberg groups, another one. And then this, I don't remember the third trilateral commission. And the three of those businesses have so much influence on like NBC, ABC, CBS, Disney. And, and then they're putting out this like coherent message. It doesn't seem like it's about about fact checking anymore. I, I think if you look at the media and how they're, they've they've lost the plot, it shows you that millennials can't make the machines work. So, how is it that these people keep falling for the same fake news stories? How is it that these the, the press is like less favorable than Congress or whatever? It's because the millennials who are inheriting it don't know what people want to listen to. I'll mention that Politico story I was reading earlier, where actually do I have? I don't know if I have that tweet pulled up. I don't where they were like a democrat spoke to their colleagues about how inflation is the is the big issue for everyone and democrats were shocked saying but i've not heard this at all and it's it's like if 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 you did not know that people can't afford rent and you were shocked by that you do not live in reality yeah, that, that, yeah, that was uh, katie porter yes the congress yep. when she said that oh i didn't know that bacon costs this much now <laughs> by the way i love it when there's like the joke about asking a rich person how much a gallon of milk costs mm-hmm. and they're like i don't know 20 bucks because mm-hmm. like i have no idea i don't I, I have someone go to the store for me and then they just crumple the receipt up and throw it in the garbage exactly when they say our democracy what they mean is you being ruled by people who have absolutely no understanding of what your actual concerns are no no no, no. these I gotta, I gotta people who don't know that inflation's a problem right now are the ones in charge and if you don't want that to be the case you don't when they say Say, this is a danger to our democracy. Mm-hmm. They are not including you. Mm-hmm. Imagine, imagine there are two countries in the United States. There's the freedom faction and the authoritarian faction. The authoritarians are talking to themselves. They say they are threatening our democracy. That doesn't include you. That does not include you. They say this is very dangerous to our democracy. Yes, we are a danger to their democracy because we aren't included in it. And we demand our rights. We live in a constitutional republic. They live in a multicultural democracy. That's what's happening. And, and both are trying to seize power. Well, I should say one is trying to seize power from the other side mm-hmm. because it's always been a constitutional republic here in the United States. Yeah, no, it's it's an interesting question, right? Because when you say one side's trying to seize power, it's not exactly clear which side that is. We know the left is 
been pushing forward their revolution, but when you consider the fact that they have faced no legal consequences for the rioting in the street uh, and other such illegal activities, you you wonder if they're not the ones who are in control and it's the right which is attempting to seize power back. Well, well and that's why, again, that's why it's so scary of where, of where this country is going in terms of, I mean, with, again, Ro- this whole Roe versus Wade issue, because, yeah, there, I mean, there was protests tonight. I don't know how big they were, because uh, uh, outside of the conservative Supreme Court justices' homes again, and are any are they going to be hunted down? Nope. Are they going to no? Ex- and exactly nope. because because the the media has been excusing it, the White House was excusing it, and so if they think okay, we can continue pushing uh, these boundaries more and more, once it is actually overturned, it's not unreasonable to be concerned about okay, well then they're going to take things to to the next level. I mean, and we're seeing it. I mean, we no one's been caught yet, uh, but that's why. Uh, pregnancy centers that have been have been targeted yes. and it's just they they're it's being ratcheted up and it's they're t- justifying it because of what happened in the 80s and 90s or whatever and, and to me to me it's it's it, to me it feels like we're 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 in this we're in this car that's just careening towards this this tree this massive tree trunk and no one wants to hit the brakes have you guys ever read i am legend Yes, I've only yeah. you I've, read it. I've, I've yeah, only, the I've, actual I've, short story. I've, I've only short story. It. It's a, a pretty. It's pretty I, well, no, it's part of a longer book, which is a collection of short stories. So you know the premise, Robert Neville, and he, yes, yeah, which is, which is that in the book they are actually like explicitly labeled as vampires. It's not as much of a, a zombie movie as the film, but basically there's nobody left on Earth except for this one man, and he pours vinegar on the steps of his house, and it's surrounded by vampires every night who try to lure him out and get them to join them. The idea is to join them. The idea don't is spoil the, the ending. I'm going to spoil the end. How dare you? Well, that's that's the point. No, the, it's a very good story. The point yeah. is, when the vampires start emerging, he goes around killing them because they're evil vampires who are turning people and consuming blood. He loses. Eventually, he's the last person. He realizes to the vampires, he is the legendary monster. He is the creature that lurks while they mm-hmm. sleep, who kills them and, and, and jumps out of the light when they when they can't see him. And he's the boogeyman to them. He, once once they took over, he was the hideous monster creature. He was the legend. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I bring that they up execute because execute him. Yeah, and he that's his and final ending monologue. Is like, yep. well, I am legend. Yeah. So my point is, eventually there will come a time when either the constitutional republic is consumed by the vampiric multicultural democracy, or the other way around. If the constitutional republic loses, there will come a point where you are in your house surrounded by multicultural democracy. It will be unrecognizable. You have no constitutional rights and you will be the last remaining constitutionalist holding on to your flimsy tattered up piece of paper that you bought at auction for 10 bucks because nobody wanted the constitution anymore. And then you'll be like, that's it. These ideas have, have died out. Unless, of course, you preserve those ideas by having a family, having kids, building culture, Challenging the establishment, speaking out and saying no to the vampires. Yeah, that's what you have to do. Do you think you work with the vampires? No. No, no. What about, what they're, about they're trick vamp- them into becoming your slaves? They're vampires. You can cure them. Like in the movie, that's what he's trying to do, which was really dumb. The movie sucked. No, I like the movie. The movie just had no, like, the, the point of the story is the message about what happens when you're the last human. You are the monster to them. Well, sure, but. but the, the movie was just like, mo- I got a dog and there's zombies. I guess. Yeah, that's awesome. Ah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, yeah. As, wasn't as good. It was shootings. Very and there different. Was a, there was a dog, and then the dog died, and that was sad. And yeah. Julio, we, before we, we're going to go to Super Chats pretty soon, but I was wondering about your book, because we talked about the riots a, a bit during the show. Was there anything in there that you wanted to talk about that was on your mind? Yeah, buy it. 
Oh, where can, <laughs> people, where, where can people get it right now? Uh, so they can go to Amazon. If I understand it, if you don't want to go to Amazon, but it's also on Barnes and Noble, Target, a book, uh, Books a Million, Thrift Books, uh, and that's as far as I know. Uh, but in, in all seriousness, it's just this. This is supposed to be. Uh, it's not. It's obviously not the end all, be all source of of riots because I couldn't be everywhere at once. I wasn't. I wasn't everywhere, unfortunately. But it, it, to, to my knowledge, it's it's the, and I don't want to sound like a like hyping myself up or blowing myself up too much is it's one of the first really attempts to jot everything down and accurately retell everything that that happened in in a written form because it is the greatest piece of american literature ever written yeah right. yeah yeah oh i guess i should get a it, it pa- patriots fact check that and they said yes yeah <laughs> yeah i saw i saw on um, patriot warrior 1776.info it said it was the greatest book ever yeah and so it, and, and the reason why it's just so important is just because again that that there was just so much media malpractice as it was happening and especially in the aftermath of january 6th i mean they the, the people who are supposed to be telling us our history and, and telling things as they are they're, they're saying no January 6th is the only one that matters, and obviously I'm not da- minimizing it by any stretch of the imagination, but it's, no, there were also all the, all these other riots, and one of the greatest examples of that is a New York Times piece shortly after January 6th, and it was, uh, and it was literally about, the, the premise was, oh, Republicans are pointing to the BLM riots, and the, the line was something to the effect of, Republicans are using isolated instances of property damage to what about January 6th? And we're talking a minimum $2 billion worth of damage. Multiple, dozens of people were killed over this time period. And, and, and you're gonna, you're, you're gonna minimize what they're, you're, you, the, the author of the piece was doing the exact same thing that he was accusing Republicans of doing. And to me, that's just, that's just egregious. And, and when we're talking about the gaslighting and, and the playbook that the media does is that, and they do this with every issue when it comes to making, if, if it makes liberals look bad or, or if they can make Republicans look bad with like the example of the Florida parental rights bill, right? I mean, they were calling it don't say gay and just completely mischaracterizing it. And but that became that became canon in uh, the eyes of in minds of a lot of people because they didn't actually read the darn thing, but they they ran that same play, playbook because they always do it. But when it came to the riots, they still did that because in their hubris and their arrogance, they thought, well, we're just going to do what we've always done. But it's a lot harder to gaslight people and mislead people when there's whole neighborhoods on fire and there's mass lawlessness. But they but they still did it, and that and that's the point. And for me, that's just really frustrating. Let's go to Super Chats. If you have not already, smash that like button, subscribe, share the show, send in your Super Chat questions, and become a member at TimCast.com. We're going to have a members-only segment coming up at 11 p.m. I think we're going to be talking about the apocalypse because there's a whole bunch of apocalyptic stuff happening in terms of droughts and the economic collapse and uh, food shortages, but there's some new developments, and we'll talk all about that. And it's not very family-friendly, but I think you'll laugh because we've had some pretty crazy conversations there. But let's read these Super Chats. Ehef says... Seamus would make a beautiful woman. Wrong. That is absolutely disgusting. <laughs> no, they're right, Quite Seamus. Frankly, that's wrong. <laughs> you guys, you're insulting the natural order. Hideous. Well. All right. Deprived Dolphin says abortion industry is a money laundering scheme that just allows tax dollars to make their way to Democrat campaigns without anyone questioning why. Roe v. Wade will result in Democrat collapse. Really interesting. Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says, as a liberal woman with two cats, harumph, I say. Harumph. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, if I, I would have to have a bunch of cats because I would just be a hideous woman. No one would. It would just, just be cats, me and my cats. That sounds good to me. NS says, Tim, your own website says that arrest on protesters is iffy. If Ron Coleman says maybe, then who's right, you or your news site? It's called an opinion. 
It's called an opinion from Ron Coleman and an opinion from me. And it's not about being right. It's about me saying, I think they should be arrested, not that they will be, can be, or that it would be uphold, uh, upheld. Sorry. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, I have, I have my own opinions. All of the segments that go up on TimCast.com from this show and my show say opinion on them. It means it's what I think should be or could be, but not necessarily the, like, it, the thing about opinions, people need to understand that something can sound like a fact, but it's an opinion, right? If you, if someone were to say something like Google is spying on conservatives, it sounds like a fact statement, like they're doing a thing, but it's actually legally an opinion because you're saying like, I believe based on what I've seen. The challenge with fact statements is that it can be an opinion if it's something that's fairly nebulous or vague or hard to definitively prove. Like there's a God. Is that an opinion? Uh, I think that would be considered an opinion statement. So, but I don't think that's relevant in any legal context, to be honest. Like there's no circumstance in which the court's going to actually be like yes or no. I think if you're talking legally, it's one thing, but it's complicated because a lot of times – the lines get blurred. So an opinion, like if you're saying something like ice cream tastes the best, that's, I mean, that's an opinion. But if you're talking about whether or not God exists, that is something which is like objectively true or false. Well, the yeah. ice cream is the best is a, is a qualifying opinion. There's mm-hmm. a qualifier in there. But I, what you're saying is you can have non-opinions without qualifiers. So you, so there have been instances where someone has said something like, you know, TV personality does X. And you're like, wow, they're saying they did a thing. And then they argue, no, no, it's my opinion that they do this thing. And the courts are like, right, it's an opinion. So can you prove Crazy. Google actually spies on conservatives? Definitively with evidence, you could. But what if you stated they were? I'm not saying they are. Like, Google spies on everybody, I think. Or how about this? Google spies on people. Google right now is spying on us. It's a fact statement, right? It's an opinion statement, actually. My, it's, it's based on evidence and data that leads me to a conclusion that is... You can't see it, right? I can say there's a window in front of me, and that's a fact statement because there is. I can say, you know, I closed the window earlier, and you can say, did he or did he not? Google spying on people, I would say, is objectively true, but someone will be like, yeah, based on your interpretation of the facts. I'm like, well, they take our data. Is that spying? I don't think that's spying. Spying would mean this. No, spying would be that. Did the person run? Was he running to the store? You said so-and-so ran. Yeah, he was moving very quickly. I think that was a brisk walk. You see how it works? Legally, it's hard to have fact statements. Hmm. But it sounds like you're making a fact statement. And technically, you are. But if people don't agree on what words mean, then you get all sorts of crazy. All right. Anyway, I digress. Let's go back to the Super Jets. Zach Kemp says, why can't we talk about allowing abortions but requiring the doctors to do everything they can to save the life of the baby and charge the parents for medical procedures? I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, if they're saying this woman will die unless this nine, you know, this baby at nine months gestation is removed. I'm like, okay, remove it. And then it lives, I guess. Right. Yeah. Um, why would they have to kill it? Cause that's the goal, right? The whole goal is we need to kill this child because we view them as a problem cost. If it's like, we're going to remove the baby. There's a chance it'll live. It's going to cost you $400,000 or you can, you can abort it and it'll cost you 600 bucks. Isaac Luck says, thanks, Tim. I've been wanting to order from Biotrust, but I've been waiting for this offer. I've recently started keto and I've lost 16 pounds so far. Amazing. Glad to hear it. Uh, Around November, I cut out sugars. We've got the Biotrust keto stuff and I've dropped about 25 pounds. Actually, a little bit more than that right now. It's like, it's like 27 or 28. No joke. It's getting crazy. I just cut out the sugars. You know what I found out? Um, Michaela Peterson made a really, really great point. 
because she was doing the all meat thing, right? Yeah. She like basically just eats lamb. The lioness diet, I think she calls it. She was saying that it's a, it's not about just eating meat. It's about elimination. It's about getting everything out of your diet and then slowly putting things back in until you find out what was screwing with you. I found out bread messes me up really bad. Yeah, it's not as much about what you eat, although that is, it's about what you don't put in your body. Fasting is a tool. It's a proactive, it's an activity that you do. I, 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 so I go for like a month with no bread, no, no gluten, no bread. And I'm eating mostly like nut breads and keto stuff, and I feel fantastic. We go out to eat and I get breaded food. And all of a sudden the next day, my whoop recovery is cut in half. I feel groggy and cloudy, and I'm like, man, I think that's what it was. And so some have suggested it's fried food, and I'm like, I have fried wings all the time. I get, like, you know, wings, and they're fried and, and, and rolled around in sauce and all that, and I have no problem. And there's other fried stuff I've had that's not gluten, and I've, like, been fine with it. So I, I'm wondering if it is gluten. I don't know. Oh, for sure. I wouldn't be surprised. I, I was eating some breaded food the other night, and I was like, oh, I'm starting to get full, and I just sat there and was kind of meditating, and, and I just heard, like, celiac. It just, like, came into my mind. I thought, yeah, that's what happens, man. People dose on, on wheat flour, and then they get celiac. There's There's, like, trendy diet stuff, and I've never cared. So when I cut out the sugars... And then I was like, I'll have a little bit because I'm not going crazy with it. I would have some bread and then feel sick. But I didn't really think anything. But I think I've collected enough data over the past, you know, since November. So about six months or so of looking at what I've been eating and not eating and tracking the whoop data since I got it. And I'm like, dude, the days where I have wheat grains, my recovery drops. It might also, be. Also alcohol. Oh. And, and it's a combination. I mean, that's, you know, wheat-based and alcohol. My recovery drops. So the whoop tells you, like, your recovery. Since I cut out bread, it's been 80 to 90% every day, even when I work out every day. Had one beer. The next day, it was like 19%. It was in the red. And it was like, what did you do was to yourself? Was it wheat, wheat beer? It was regular beer. I think it was a bloom. Oh, it was a yingling. Uh, I mean, is it made from wheat? I don't know if you I'm knew assuming. off the top of your head. No. Um, no. Whoop, there it is. Sometimes it's the stuff they spray the wheat with. Like uh, Monsanto uses a stuff called glyphosate, which is uh, a chemical that they use. It's like an... Um, an antifungal, anti-insecticide or insecticide. But what they also do is they use it as a desiccant, meaning they dry out the wheat with by spraying it with this Roundup, this glyphosate, before, and then they harvest it. So if you're not getting organic wheat, you're you're very likely getting glyphosate-induced right at harvest. It's just that is – and that stuff's been linked to cancer. All right. Let's read some more. Let's see. So I see someone mentioning Tim supposedly doesn't drink. I've often said I have like a few drinks per year. A few. Yeah. But – um like, and they're all because I peer pressure. But, but now I'm absolutely done. You know, because my thing was like, I'm not, I'm not uh, like, I can't drink. It's impossible. I'm just like, I prefer not to because I like to exercise. You know, after I, when I exercise or write a song, I want to improve. I want protein synthesis. Alcohol inhibits that. But if, I, if I'm like, I'm not working out or whatever, and we're all out having a, a good time, I'll have a beer. And then once I saw what happened on my recovery, after having beer and having wine, I was just like, I am never touching that stuff again. Like when you can see the actual results the next day and you're like, whoa, no like. All right, let's read some more. I think the Cal industry, the Cal smoothie industry is in bed with <laughs> these people. And they're convincing you not to drink things that I actually don't like taste kale. good. Big Kale's kale? Awful. Whatever it is that you, these health you, food you, people you gotta, are marketing. We got to get back to Super Chats. We got to read more. Put okay. your olive oil on the kale, okay, lemon juice, a little chats salt, now. and squeeze it, massage okay. it. It becomes amazing. Right, let's read Super Chats. Lee Mall says, Ian, stop calling a baby a thing. I'll call your body a thing, but you're a human. It. No one gets pronouns. No one. You can't stop <laughs> fighting over pronouns. Everyone's it. All right. Griffin says, crazy how the U.S. just gave Ukraine $40 billion in military aid, or in other words, 60% of Russia's annual military budget. Wow. 
Yeah, we didn't talk about that. Forty billion was it? Forty billion. And 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 Biden was like, we got to give him thirty three. And then Congress was like, let's give him forty. And then it's like this regular American woman is just goes, my baby needs formula, and they're like, shh, yeah. shh, bombs. Balian says Destiny had Rakeda on with a few lawyers from the left, and we're having a good debate on this topic from a law perspective. You should have him on again. Nick's dope. Yeah, I'm I'm down absolutely anytime. That'd be cool. All right. Jacob Carter says, hey, Seamus, God bless you. I have to ask, how do you feel about Dr. David Wood? Um, I think I've heard the name. I'm not really familiar with Dr. David Wood. Like, Rich, I've heard the name. That's about Google it. Google him. Yeah. Richard Knight says, new drinking game. When Ian says, I don't even know what that means, we all take a shot. Everyone will be hammered by the end of the show. <laughs> you know, people always say stuff like that. And it's like, I don't think it's a real, I don't think it would really work. You know? A drinking, well, game wait, based, a drinking game based on... Well, people are always like, whenever someone says this or someone says that, and I'm like, maybe they said it like three times in a short period, but they don't say it every show all the time. All right, Dragon Lady says, Tim, I ordered emergency food while watching your first segment today. You give good advice on that. I've had it before. It was a lifesaver when I lost my job a few years ago and couldn't afford food. You never know what might happen, folks. Yep. Yep. I mean, yeah, for sure. Uh, they were saying fragility of society. Yeah, people don't realize that like New York, it is scary what would happen if the supply chain just stopped. People in on that island, there'd be no food. A lot of boats. A lot of boats bringing food in. I don't know if there's no supply chain. Well, if, if the, the supply not, chain stops, that's a different story. Right. If the food, if, I'm talking about the roads get shut down. If the, I mean, but I don't really don't think you're gonna. Boats can't bring in enough food. You need trucks to bring it through the city too. All right. Not my regret says my wallet, my choice. That's right. I get. I think. Ruben, Ruben, Ruben says, Seamus, please make an animation of Biden chanting ultra MAGA in a cult-like setting as a shadowy society of, uh, a, a shadowy specter of Trump grows over a pentagram. Then in the end, Biden will be relieved because finally has an actual enemy. Oh my goodness. A specter of Trump. Or he, you know what you should do? You know that, you know that thing where they had R. Kelly rapping on the hologram? Oh my goodness. Was it R. Kelly? They had like, yeah. it's, it's oh. paint of glass on a stage. And they can project a mm-hmm. 3D person on the glass. I think it was Tupac. Tupac. Yeah, I was yeah, going to say, Ar- Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Yeah, but, there's, but say, there's a lot of baggage yeah, there. Yeah, so they're yeah, like, yeah. we're going to do a hologram. Right, right, so right. Right. You should. It's you, not you, actually you R. Kelly. Biden puts Trump in a hologram to create something to rally against. Come on, man. Look, he's over here. <laughs> Robo <laughs> Trump. Omega says, horseshoe theory is a post hoc fallacy. Authoritarianism is the aim. Left and right are two different paths to the same conclusion. Similar can be said about libertarianism. In what way? That's a path towards, oh, left or right libertarianism. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard. Left libertarianism doesn't scale. Right libertarianism has currency to help a decentralized network expand. Left libertarianism of like cooperation and just like agreements without currency, communal systems doesn't scale. It's, imp- it's you, you need, I just don't, I don't see it. I think it would, no matter what direction you go, if you don't stop and you're just going to go all the way, you become extreme. And that's the danger. Extremists are dangerous. You got to have an open mind. All right. Let's see what we got here. Sleeve Zen says, my 27-year-old daughter, who is perfect, was born at 30 weeks. The baby next to her was born at 19 and thriving 27 years ago. Why don't they concentrate on better birth control? Hmm. I don't know. Seamus, do you? Wait, could you repeat that? You're saying that <laughs> her her daughter was born at 30 weeks and is fine. Oh. 27-year-old yeah. daughter. Yeah. It was 27 years ago that pe- babies could be born. Seven and a half months? Did, uh, was it in an incubator? Mm. 
or he or she in an incubator, I guess, at that point? They, them, Simser. Yeah. Seven half, I mean, yeah, I, I, seven and a half months, that, that's not, uh, certainly not unheard I've of. I've known people that were born premature, they would call it, and then they lived the first month or so in an incubator. All right. That guy says, I hope they do codify Roe into federal law using verbiage like shall not be infringed and red states just do what they want in restricting access. I'd love to see the left's reaction. <laughs> then the Republicans should offer that up. Shall not be infringed. All right. Do you agree? Define infringed. Right. Yeah. All right. Colin H. says, have you ever heard of Jennifer Briney and her podcast, Congressional Dish? Please reach out to her as a guest. I believe her work investigating Congress for the last 10 years is the most underappreciated podcast you can get. Her work is stellar. Well, okay. Give me that girl's name again. Jennifer Briney. Interesting. Congressional Dish. Hmm. Ben Thomas says, for Seamus, what state is best for a UK citizen to move to? I've got Tim's uh, and Jack's opinion. Now I want yours. My two front runners are Texas and Florida. If you're from the UK, then stay out. There's no good state for it. <laughs> no, I, I, would, I would say if, if you're asking me, I can't speak specifically to the British experience and what might translate to life in America. But if I were going to start over in any state, I think I would pick Florida. I wouldn't do Florida. Why not? Why uh, not, Tim? It's a purple state. That's why I would make it red. I'd go and there, boom, every vote counts. It is, I think, getting redder, for mm-hmm. sure. A lot of people are moving there. I do think it's a good opportunity for someone who wants to you know, push back on the establishment to go. Me, personally, I think West Virginia is the place to be. Mountain mama. There are, there's, a, 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 there's an opportunity for bringing good jobs to a more sparsely populated state with a lot of good people here. And I think bring, I, I looked at Florida. I'm like, it's it's massively developed. Mm-hmm. They call Miami the capital of Latin America, and I'm like, it's great. They're doing great things for sure. Yeah, what's wrong with Latin America? No, I think it's no, fan, no, I think no, it's no, fantastic no. what Florida's doing. I want to bring new jobs and new opportunity to West Virginia and start building culture and bringing economic power to people who share values that I with me, like more liberty, personal responsibility, etc. No, I hear you. I love West Virginia. Um, I also love Georgia, where I spent several years of my life but i'm sort of more thinking along the lines of if i were to start over and go somewhere else where would it be i i gotta say florida this one's for you seamus laura tax says seamus 10 years ago when i was pro-abortion i became pregnant and got an abortion at 22 weeks it was the biggest mistake of my life is it possible for such a sin to be forgiven if so will i get to meet him in heaven that's a really good question so There is no sin which is greater than Christ's sacrifice on the cross. If you are truly repentant of your sin, uh, and also if you forgive the sins of others that have been committed against you, you can absolutely repent of that sin um, and confess. I would encourage meeting with and discussing with a Catholic priest. If I understand there have been some in the past stipulations about whether you could be uh, forgiven directly by a priest or whether there would need to be forgiveness by a bishop, if I'm not mistaken. But Really? Yes, because I think it incurred because it incurred excommunication. Um, oh, I and see. I, I see. I'm not. I, I want to double check here. Uh, I know that for the year of mercy, Pope Francis basically extended it so that priests could. Let me take one second to Google that this so I can get weird for, to me. Well, let like, me just. Well, I think it's any crime against human. I think it's any crime that ends but, up killing but, a person. But I just I want to actually I, Google this so I can be sure about these details and give her no, no, something yeah, just, more concrete. I'm just saying like the idea that there needs to be a hierarchical nature of the church to determine whether you can be forgiven for something you're repentant for seems a little odd to me. Well, I don't think it's the um I don't think it's a question of determining 
whether you can be forgiven. I, I need to double check. I think it's just a question of like who has the authority to forgive in that circumstance because if you've incurred an excommunication, I think there's a different process for the forgiveness. But like I said, I really want to double check on this. This is the first I heard of the year of mercy, the extraordinary jubilee of mercy. This is this yeah. from 2015 to 2016? What was it exactly? Like they just made it easier to forgive? Yeah, so I really want to try to pull up the details so I'm not giving there, you an okay. accurate I information there, about there, this question. I just There was a um, an incident where there was a centennial at a church where if you walked through the arches, all sins had been forgiven. And it was a, a serious risk to the creation of the universe because if Loki, Loki and Bartleby crossed through, they would be forgiven of their sins and allowed back into heaven, which would then prove God fallible and result in the undoing of the universe. Huh. That makes more sense. That takes I have, I have no idea what you just said. No, I'm talking theology. about dogma. Oh, I didn't see it. The Kevin Smith movie. Shout out to Kevin Smith. That was, was the plot of the Mall movie. Rats last night. Spoiler alert on a 30-year-old movie. Jeez, I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> Mall Rats is awesome. Come on, man. <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, uh, in Dogma, that's basically what happens. The church is like, we're going to forgive all sins. Loki and Bartleby were, you know, banished from heaven. And if they get forgiven, they can go to heaven. And that would prove God fallible, which would undo the universe. I think it was a funny movie. And then they were just like, there's a point where, I think in the beginning, it's Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. And he's like, why would, why would some priests claiming this be true actually allow us in? And then he's like, what you hold true on earth, we hold true in heaven or something like that. It's a funny movie. But I think it's like an atheist's perspective on religion, you know, so they make a bunch of points that are just like not relevant, I think, to it. But it's a funny movie nonetheless. Jane Silent Bob. Yeah. All right. Let's see what we got. More Super Chats. Stephen Brooks says, my cousin can't medically have kids, but she has always dreamed of being a mother. She adopted Amelia just two months ago in Texas. Amelia was slated to be aborted, but the ban stopped it. My cousin has a daughter today only because of the Texas law. That's so wonderful. Wow. Yeah. It is just really shocking to me when they're like that 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 impoverished child shouldn't live. That's so and true. And, and and what they do is there's a meme I saw where it's pro lifer saying we believe in life. You can't you can't abort that baby. And then it's like nine months later and she's holding the baby and they're like we're not going to provide you with anything. You're on your own. You you loser or whatever. And I'm like, you know, it's a silly argument because the same argument applies that you're basically saying let like that baby should be dead. Huh. You know, it's like by all means. Show the conservatives screaming, you'll get no handouts, you you lazy person. And then at the same time, show the, the liberals screaming, and that baby should be dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've said this before. Look, when witnessing to child poverty, the pro-lifer thinks the problem is the poverty. The pro-choicer thinks the problem is the child. Yeah. It's really just a crazy argument when they're like, if you're poor, the baby should die. And I'm like, oh, man, I don't know about that. That's pretty. That's pretty extreme. Yeah. Well, it's like it's it's not like they're saying the baby was born now kill it. They're saying the baby should never have been allowed to be alive because you're poor. Not even given it like a chance. Like yeah. that's a pretty. If they're like conservatives will will punish you for having the baby and won't support your baby's life. Abort it. I'm like I don't know. We're like that sounds kind of weird, dude. No, some of my greatest role models grew up really really poor. Some of them in the deep Jim Crow South. And I just wanted to say, um, I think that. Uh, Oh, I saw a super chat earlier that was like, you know, if a mother, if, if a father can get rid of his parental responsibility and abortion is outlawed, can a mother do the same thing? Yes, it's called adoption. You can give your child up for adoption. You can place your child on the step of a fire department and you don't have to take responsibility for it. These are options that no one ever talks about. Can a man do that? A man? Probably not. No. Feminists would not want him to be able to do that. That's the thing. Like, the woman can literally give the baby away without telling the guy. Right. But the guy cannot absolve himself of responsibility unless the woman says so. Right. So think about it this way. What would happen if a woman had a baby and then put the baby on the steps of a fire department without telling the guy? 
he could he could file a suit for custody, but the woman still got to choose to give it away. Right. The guy doesn't have any choice to re- remove involvement. It's a big, big leap of trust with women. I mean, that's you really got to kind of realize how important women are. You got the man terrible. has to trust that the yeah. woman has the best intentions of the baby and the husband and yeah. the man. You wait. I wanted to re- re- uh, to what that person said that it was the Texas abortion ban is the reason why your was it your sister has now a kid cousin cousin has a kid. Uh, even if the ban hadn't gone through, if your cousin really wanted to adopt a baby, she would have. Nothing would have stopped her. There's, there's, a, isn't there like a, um, a backlog of parents who want to adopt yes. but can't? Well, then it's maybe, maybe expensive. it would have been more challenging. Yeah. But I, I'm sure she would have haven't found a these, way. Haven't these people watched Thirty Rock, where Liz Lemon is desperately trying to adopt and it's very difficult, and they, they like are trying to prevent her from doing it? This is actually true to life because the adoption process needs to be overhauled. It's incredibly expensive. It takes an incredibly long time, and so many people want to adopt babies. Many people who can't have kids don't want to do IVF. IVF is super expensive, but so is adoption. What are you supposed to do? Remember on 30 Rock when Tina Fey's character confesses that she tells her friends she voted for Obama, but she actually voted for McCain? (laughs) I thought that was funny because I'm like, is that joke supposed to be relatable or funny to these people? Because back then it was. It was a joke. And I was like, ah, that's funny. Nowadays, they'd be like, what? How dare you make a character? Mm -hmm. All right. The Hylian Juggalo says Neil Shusterman's book series from 2007 called Unwind predicted a second civil war and where we are going in regards to abortion. Given we're talking about aborting born babies... Get set for teen body harvesting. Please read the synopsis. It's wild. Remember on South Park when uh, Eric's mom tries to get the doctor to give her an abortion and he's like, how far along are you? And she's like the 493rd <laughs> trimester or something like that. Like some ridiculous number. He's like, wait, what? Uh, she yeah, tried. Yeah. He's like, so your kid's 10 years old? Yep. The Jaded Kriegsman says, as a Minnesotan, I can tell you that we might actually see Waltz lose. Crazy crime levels, CRT in schools, and down economy might finally turn the suburbs against the DFL teachers union mafia in Minnesota. Good. Well, wow. well, well and that's that's again, we're we're still very much dealing with the with the effects of of those riots because people just saw how far they could take it, and so now it's like happening on a low intensity level with because we're seeing the the smash and grabs, like this spontaneous looting that happens with like five people and then they all run out because there's no consequences for that. All right. Dylan Layden says, I work retail, and a customer came in and lectured me on how the Z on Samsung's marketing boards are offensive. The customer equated it to a swastika with the letter Z. The hyper-politization of society is rampant. Yeah, well, you know, that's uh, Russia, so... Mm. Nona, to give, says, after Daryl Davis tried to get Tim Keller, he's been a minister in New York City for 30-plus years, so should have, a good, so should have good cultural insights. As a topic of discussion, how to forgive when a deserved apology is not forthcoming. Hmm. Ardwick says for Ian, does the media gaslight and get things wrong most of the time? Two, why do you believe the media about Kent State? ROTC building burned, police attacked day before. Day of, students threw rocks and fireworks at National Hmm. Guard. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the, The kids were throwing stuff at the... Or maybe the adults, I guess, at that point were throwing stuff at the cops before, or that the law before they fired. I don't know if the media is gaslighting. I mean, I imagine that but they I mean, are from the evidence I've seen. Throwing rocks at National Guard doesn't warrant a lethal response that killed bystanders. That's why it was such a tragedy. Yeah. John Galt says, Tim's right. We are already in a civil war. It is being fought via lawfare, culture, and institutional change. Occasionally it turns to hot war and open violence. The only person on offense against the postmodern leftists is Ron DeSantis. Yep. He's like the first Republican I've ever heard of who's like, I am going to do things and not just react to things. But I don't want to soften the word war. I think you, Seamus brought this up a couple of weeks ago, not to soften these terms, because if we were really in a civil war, 
There will be a lot more dead bodies. Yeah, there's no civil war right now. It's it's like conflict, civil conflict you're seeing. Well, it's, it's civil strife. Yeah, That's what strife, uh, Stephen Marr said. When you get, I think, what do you say, more than 70 deaths in a political context per year, you're in civil strife. The challenge, though, is the expansion of population density and population growth. So when that number was set, were they looking at populations that were 20% the size of the United States? As the population grows, we need to look at per capita. How many how many political killings per capita to become civil strife? And also frequency, because if it happens all in one night and then there's like nine months of peace, then that's not really strife. There was like an, you know, what if it happens? In- it was fiery, but mostly peaceful. Yeah. Just keep an eye out for a caning in Congress. Okay. Because when that happens, we're going to be like, <laughs> okay, hold on, everybody. That's the canary in the coal mine right there. Yeah. There's going to be a duel. By the way, I found some information that I want to give to that super chatter from earlier. So I wanted to make sure to get this from a couple of sources. From what I'm reading, um, at the end of 2016, or at the end of the year of mercy, Pope Francis actually um, extended this ability. So any, as far as I understand, you can go to confession and, and confess something like that to uh, a priest. So I would, and I would absolutely uh, encourage her to do so. Like I said, there's no sin that you have committed that is so uh, horrible that God will will not forgive you, and He's given you the the sacraments to be able to receive that absolution. So God bless you, and I will keep you in my prayers. All right, we'll get a couple more in here. H. B. Bryan says James O'Keefe Keith just dropped FBI whistleblower. Ooh, that That's sounds correct. spicy. Ooh. Yeah, we'll check that one out. All right, Jordan Bushaw says I was born in Ukraine and adopted by my mom who was born in the U.S. I thank God for her and that Ukraine seems to value life more than the U.S. Love you, Mom. Adoption is always an option. My friends, if you have not already, smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show anywhere you can on social media. If you do like it, head over to TimCast.com, become a member, click that sign up button. We're going to have a members only show coming up. It's going to be published at 11 p.m. We're going to talk about chaos, catastrophe, the apocalypse. We're probably going to swear a whole lot. It's good fun. And as a member, you are helping support alternate social media. I'm sorry, alternate big tech infrastructure. We use Rumble infrastructure for the website. So support businesses that are getting away from the Silicon Valley stuff. I know we're on YouTube, but we have, we are, we are continuing the process. We use Rumble video player for our members only stuff. So the website is running on Rumble. We've got more announcements coming in the next couple of weeks because we are actively, not only has Ian been working on infrastructure stuff, but we are actually implementing more infrastructure changes to get away from big tech and Silicon Valley with your support as members. You can follow the show at Timcast IRL. You can follow me personally at Timcast. Julio, you want to shout anything out? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I th- thanks for having me again. And, and yeah, I, I really hope that, you know, for people who, who, who read it, I mean, it, 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 it took a lot of work into it. I mean, it was, uh, certainly a labor of love and, and, and it's kind of crazy that I'm a published author now. I never thought I would do that. So I just hope people read it and enjoy it. Soon to be New York Times bestselling author. I mean, I don't care about I mean, soon to be. Okay. Accept it. <laughs> if they don't throttle it because, you know, they've been known to. Yeah, yeah. Well, Matt Walsh is a bestselling children's author That's and LGBT author. Yeah. Good for him. Good for him. Seamus is an award winning animator. That's I've not won a single award. I award wow. you the oh my first gosh! I'm an award. Oh Congratulations, the, award, the first annual uh, Tim Cast you got that pen award. Pen award. Oh. And it is I, a pen. pen. It symbolizes the yeah. drawing. The drawing. That's what I figured. Well, this is very. I like that the thing is sort of torn off. The clip is torn off because <laughs> uh-huh. I'm. You know. That's, well, it's, it represents the realism. That's right. Of exactly. The hard work that exactly. goes into this because I'm, I'm. 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 I am causing some threat to the system. People, breaking people, things. Down. People, don't, right. people don't realize this that Seamus. 
actually draws by hand all of the cells. Mm-hmm. He does. And then he uses a camera from the 1930s mounted yeah. over a table to it's animate true. the show. So basically, yeah. So, so, so what happens is I, um, I draw all of the pictures with permanent markers so I don't get a second chance. And then I color them all in. And then we, we photograph pictures of them. And then um, the animators who I've hired promptly just delete all of that and make something that looks way better <laughs> uh, every time. And if you want to see that final product, check out Freedom Tunes. We're going to be uploading a video tomorrow. I think you guys will really enjoy it. We pump out a cartoon every single Thursday, sometimes uh, sometimes on Tuesdays as well. So hit that notification bell. I love you all. Have a wonderful day. I'll echo what Tim said. We're fervently building some uh, free software. Copyleft AGPL3 software is what I mean by free software. It's the licensing. Uh, it's It's badass dude i looked at the ux today we had a meeting earlier it's looking really cool so it will give you the opportunity to upload videos to rumble youtube your own personal server and then you've got it it's just like a youtube dashboard style thing but other people have theirs and then they can see your stuff you can see theirs you can you can it's like we're creating web3 front end technology and probably back end technology too i'm really excited to be part of it thank you guys for working on it with me thank you guys for coming i'll see you next time you guys may wonder if I have any thoughts during the show that I don't voice, and I definitely do. So I have started a little substack where I put some of my ideas on paper. Nothing very profound so far. I wrote about the formula crisis, and the other day I was talking about why women use that weird, fake, squeaky, laughing voice when they make horrible declarations on TikTok. <laughs> so those are my two articles so far. They're excellent. I recommend going and following me on substack, Lydia Leiterman at substack, or substack.com. I don't know what it is yet. Look me up over there. Anyway, you guys may also follow me on Twitter and uh, Minds.com at Sarah Patchlitz. In case you are wondering what we're doing with all of your money when you become a member, head over to ChickenCityLive.com, which is just our Chicken City YouTube channel, and up, 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 scroll down to our latest video. That's right. TimCast has released its first anime. (laughs) Insane rooster fight at Chicken City starring Roberto and Roberto Jr. featuring the voice of Tim Poole as Roberto Jr. and Danny Polishchuk as Roberto Sr., in an epic anime battle, which will rock your world. And uh, head over to TimCast.com. We'll see you in the members-only segment. Thanks for hanging out. Bye, guys. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.